The Wells Fargo Centre was the venue, Elimination Chamber was the event, and we are Rogue Opinions. My name is Nathan, and with me is the virus to my corona. It is Jimmy Baxter. Jimmy, what's going on? My corona. You know, just trying to make sure I don't have the coronavirus. I've quarantined myself with enough booze to last me the rest of this podcast, probably. Um, and yeah, uh, Elimination Chamber is a thing that happened in Philadelphia. And it wasn't awful. No, it wasn't. But I was just thinking coronavirus is the perfect time to be a podcaster because we're all we do our work through the internet so we don't need to talk to anyone like no physical not, contact not in person no like the only physical contact i have with people outside of a microphone is going to the shop to buy booze yeah so apologies if i'm in the middle of a sentence and like sneeze or something <laughs> Uh, if we, if uh, you are a headphone listener, just you know, be on the ready because uh, I'm not going to mute myself because I like to talk a lot. And uh, so, if you hear some sniffles, it's not just the cocaine that I normally do when we're <laughs> podcasting. It is potentially Corona, but more than likely, it is the fact that we have had a very warm winter over here in these United States. We've had the best winter, not a <laughs> drop of snow. It's our natural ability to have <laughs> yeah. the best winters all over the world. I think the the Trump voice gets better when I'm congested. So, I mean, for content, I think it's it's even better. It's super good because you pointed out that those noises might happen. So now, by law, I don't have to edit them out. No, yeah, exactly. That's I and I did that for you, buddy. I did that for you. You may have you may have uh, flaked on coming over here to hang out with me because you hate me. Um, but I'm here. I'm looking out for you, man. And you know what? The A team might not be in full strength. We're not. But, That's but why you've got the sniffles. That might be it. Because Scott's that, not here. Scott's cheating on us with that 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 cantankerous whore, Paul. Yeah, or that other podcast. Was it Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet? He, he works with them as well. He might be over there with them at the moment, ha- handing our STIs over to them that we gave him. And, well, I worked hard on keeping those yeah. crabs healthy How until I ran into Sky. Dare you share those, Scott? We you gave them fucking, to you. God you fucking douchebag. You know what? I'm happy he's not here. Yeah, you know what? So am I. If he's going to be a whore about it. Yes, a cantankerous whore. Yeah, cantankerous. That's a, that's a word of the day. That is, that is, I'm going to try and use cantankerous and other, if, if you're playing along at home, if I go over 10, um, we will send you, we will like the tweet if you point it out to us. That's what we yeah, will do. That's what we will do. So if, if we say cantankerous 10 times, uh, we will like the tweet that you send to Ben underscore E-B-E-R-T and he will send you a copy on iTunes of Hollywood Homicide. There you go. See, we're giving out prizes. I don't understand why our numbers aren't in the hundreds of thousands. We're here for the people. We are here for the people. And what wasn't here for the pe- for the people was the kickoff show. Uh, not a lot happened, but...
I'm sorry, everyone. We have to interrupt your regularly scheduled Elimination Chamber review. Yes. This is Scott, by the way, of Rogue Opinions. And Paul. And my good associate, Paul Byrne of Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. You know, oh, that, yes. That podcast I mention at the end of every Rogue Opinions podcast. Everyone. And more importantly, the losing team at the Survivor Series Predictions Contest, and we had to endure the hell that show that must never be named again. Never, ever, ever, Scott. Never. Never. But you know what? We're not going to take this lying down. We've Hell bu- no. We've bided our time. And you know what? WrestleMania is coming. The show of shows. In the WWE. show of fucking shows, man. And you know what? We're going to go all over again. We want one more chance. We want a chance at redemption. Fuck yes. And you know what? We're not going to be doing this whole three-on-two push. You leave Reese. To the side, Nathan and Jimmy, we want both of you versus the two of us. Fuck yes. Predictions contest at WrestleMania. And you know what? Because we're so confident. It's no it's no fucking contest. I know. It's no contest. We will fucking we will win. Yeah. You know what? And because we're so fucking confident, Paul, that we're gonna win this time, we need to make sure that in the punishment they suffer like we suffered. Hell yes, man. So we like we need a WrestleMania themed punishment and you know what we were talking and even the a Wrestlemania main event themed punishment man. Mm-hmm. and you know even though there have been really horrible Wrestlemania's even they had something redeemable they had at least one match worth watching yes we make sure these guys have nothing redeemable worth talking about so we're going to go to a different type of Wrestlemania fuck yes we're man. going to WCW's version of Wrestlemania and we're going to say so the loser of this prediction contest has to review WCW Starcade 2000. Fuck yes, man. So, Jimmy, Nathan, yeah, you guys are so happy that you won at Survivor Series. You're all talking. Thank you to the big dog that helped you win in the yeah, end. Fuck the big dog, man. Are you confident enough that you can beat us this time, just you two, without Reese's help? Are you going to show that you guys truly are the A-team? I'd, like, you, I'd like to see it. Or are you guys going to prove that Reese was the one really holding you up, and then it's just you two versus us two, that there is no real contest. Because to be honest, Scott, we don't need no third. No, we don't need no third. We are perfect just the way we are. We are a fucking team, man. We are the rambling podcast, and we will fucking win. Yeah. We're coming, we have a point to prove this time. Fuck yes. So, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Jimmy, Nathan, all's in your court now, fuckers. Come ahead. So that was like as about as good as always. But on to the main card uh, for Elimination Chamber 2020. A nice little opening video as they always are. Jimmy, did you know that we are on the road to WrestleMania? And there are no roadblocks, no fast lanes. We're just getting there at a nice, comfortable pace. Exactly. Like, do you miss fast lane? Uh. If it's the fast lane that had uh, Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles, then yes. If it's the fast lane that had Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, then no. I've never seen that pay-per-view. Never well, seen aren't it. you lucky? I saw the fast lane that had... Was there a fast lane that had the Wyatt Family V Shield on it? Possibly. I don't remember now, but that match was awesome. 
yeah. The, the, the Shield Six Mans were always great. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of awesome, opening the show was Daniel Bryan and an unexpected opponent to the probably the casual audience that maybe don't watch every week, but they've been building it up. I would have liked maybe a couple more weeks of build for this, but we still got it, and damn, did we get it. It's Drew Gulak, former Cruiserweight champion. And what else can you say? Sometimes this was, this was not a WWE-style match in, like, if you want to do the quote-unquote kind of thing that people like to do. This was hard-hitting. Daniel Bryan, Jesus, like, took some horrific-looking bumps during this match. Oh, that German suplex? Oh, my good God. I stood, like, it, uh, one of the few times I moved from my chair during this pay-per-view was during this opening match. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, please make sure to go out of your way and check this match out. Drew Gulak uh, goes and gives a, uh, a release German suplex to Daniel Bryan, who literally goes ass over tea kettle like hand, head over handlebars and lands like sabu in i think it was 1996 when he lands up on his neck it's not that gross but it's pretty fucking gross was that after the chris benoit one uh i'm not sure with all the whitewashing with all the whitewashing <laughs> that uh the wwe network has done uh all you ever see is sabu landing on his neck you never i think it might have been taz now that oh, okay. I think of it. You know what's weird is that I think on the day of this show, I saw a clip from Taz doing a throw onto someone in ECW. And Lance Storm had retweeted it saying, Taz always said to his opponents, do not jump, let me throw you. Like, if you jump, you're going to land funny. And uh, I'm presuming Daniel Bryan did this on purpose because he, he didn't seem to be scared to land on his head. Remember the back suplex as well? during this match yes yeah 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 oh, for sure God. and these but these two took a absolute pounding off each other uh the whole point of this match seemingly was a they had a fantastic match and b daniel bryan trying to get drew gulak over oh yeah yeah like he, i i'm assuming that at some point daniel bryan was just like why aren't we using this guy because he has like uh some like say over his creative uh from from what i understand and uh i think i think the the biggest thing for daniel bryan here was to try and get him uh, try and get drew gulak over because i think this is gulak's first or second actual main roster on the main card pay-per-view match i think he had a cruiserweight title defense on the main card but i couldn't tell you against who uh, he had one against Oni Lorkin on the SummerSlam one, but that was the kickoff. I don't think there oh, was okay. ever one on the uh, the main show that was when Drew Gulak had the title. Yeah, but this match, fantastic. Daniel Bryan eventually, out of nowhere, is kind of almost like a last gasp attempt as the way that they played the story out. Gulak just beat the piss out of him for a while, and then Daniel Bryan turned a common body. I think it was the Dragon Sleeper. He then turned into the Yes Lock or the LaBelle Lock. Yeah, the... And- uh- uh, what? Uh, sorry to interrupt, but what he had on him was uh, he had he had uh, done the reverse suplex off the top rope that is usually the setup for the gulak. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. which is the reverse dragon sleeper that he like hooks his legs around you, uh, and he had it for a little bit. Uh, Brian was sort of struggling out of it. They tussled again for a, another second. Uh, Drew went to uh, hook his legs around Brian again for the gulak, but um, Brian rolled through it and turned that into the s lock. 
Um, but before we forget, there was a very, uh, there were two <laughs> very important guest stars uh, in this of, match. You got, you got a couple of Easter eggs for us in this match. Yes, yes, I like to see what you did there. Uh, Daniel Bryan's balls uh, apparently were visible uh, a couple of times during this match. I noticed it for the first time right before uh, Drew set up for the uh, the Gulak with the reverse suplex because he pulled back on his trunks and it was just sideball for days. Um, but apparently, and I had gone back and watched it again. It's true. You do see uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of the Bijouard deal uh, as uh, as he's going over the top rope to the outside. That suplex that happened. Uh, to the outside of about midway through the match. But this match goes 14 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, a bro, 420. Um, and and it's great. Um, and after the match, Drew, uh, sorry, Daniel Bryan did a uh, an interview where uh, it seemed to set up maybe that there might be like a, uh, like a, maybe a union happening between them or that they might be facing each other. And I had this interesting thought that what if they reunite uh, catch point but this time it's Brian and Gulak instead of Riddle and Gulak. Nice. That should be awesome. But yeah, this match was absolutely fantastic. And the, Drew Gulak didn't even pass out from the yes. I uh, didn't. Sorry, didn't tap out from the yes lock. He passed out. Which I uh, prefer that. I prefer that 100%. Yeah. And after after the match, it's worth pointing out Daniel Bryan just he was almost pointing at Drew Gulak and then doing the yes chant. Whilst Drew Gulak just stood there looking angry at the fact that he didn't get the win. Uh, fantastic opening. Can't can't say good enough good things the about only thing, this match. The only thing I would take away from not only this match but from the rest of the night was that like even for Philly, this this crowd was awful. Yeah, they were quiet. They, they were pretty quiet. Like you would think that. And don't get me wrong. Like Gulak and Brian, and then like the uh, the the. The tag team uh, elimination chamber and stuff like there were certain things that they popped for and sort of moved around for, but it felt like almost like they were working in front of like an impact zone crowd where like they weren't wrestling fans or something because like if you didn't like some of the stuff that was in this match or the following match or the match even before it as we discussed earlier during the pre-show, um, like you're not gonna pop for anything then. You know, like, I mean, like, you're not going to because there, there was enough variety just in the first few matches that like for a Philly crowd, it was very strange to, to hear that they weren't, you know, as vocal as you think that they would be. Yeah. And we, we'll get more into that. We won't get into it now. But when we get to the no disqualification match, they really weren't even massively popping for that. And you're like, well, well kind of what is a Philly crowd here for then? if they're not going to pop for the no DQ stuff either. They were more of a Pittsburgh crowd. Yeah, there is one moment in the no DQ match uh, that everyone went insane for, but that's just wrestling fans for you. But we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Jimmy, do you want to rate this match? Uh, Yeah. Uh, This match uh, was when you go to a restaurant that you go to all the time and you have your regular uh, like the thing that you always get because it's always delicious from this one place. And even if you get that thing elsewhere, it doesn't taste like this. This was downright like home cooking. Like this was your mama's meatloaf. You know what I mean? Uh, it sounded dirtier than I meant it. But like <laughs> this is this is like your grandmother's lasagna. You know, this is the thing that was just it's perfect. Um, I think I would have taken another five minutes of this match too. like I would have. Like I would have given 
them so much more time. Just let them wrestle forever or let them become a team and then break up or whatever the case may be. Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan, when this match was announced, I was like, okay, even though I'm going to do the podcast with Nathan, I, now I'm I'm fucking watching this show when it airs. Uh, this match for me was, this was a lot of unexpected brutality. And so what's the best unexpected brutality that you can observe as a human being? It's someone unexpectedly falling over in front of you. Oh, nice. So, so this match is someone hilariously unexpected, unexpectedly falling over in front of you. So for like you get in that grace period of like two or three seconds and then you you see the moving and you're like, all right, they're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fucking like, asshole. You're sat in the window seat of a Starbucks. You're looking across the street, people watching, as we all do, and someone just falls over. Hilarious. And you, you look for a second, you're like, okay, they're getting up. That was so funny. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's what this match was. Just unexpected joy. Um, oh, uh, also, as a as as a uh, as an aside, um, this match also gets two round glowing orbs. <laughs> I'm gonna rate this match Daniel Bryan's balls. Brie Bella is a lucky woman. I mean, you didn't get to tell that I, much. I didn't even. But, see uh, I still I've watched this match twice and I didn't see them either. No, time, you, so. you know you're going. You know you're going back. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we do. That's why they're yeah, gonna have two kids. This match, yeah, right. This match <laughs> definitely set the tone, though, for the rest of the night, which I, I think is the biggest thing about this show overall. Was that this match really set the tone for like this hard hitting sort of because uh, like a lot of the matches on the oh, card these, were very rough. These are striking. brutal. Like we're, we're even going into the second match, uh, which is the WWE United States Championship match, Andrade accompanied Cien by Almas. Almas. Uh, accompanied by just Zelina Vega. I don't know how to do her name justice. Uh, versus Ambulato Calio and the worst music in WWE. Uh, His theme changed, didn't it? Because it sounded more like, like a Power Rangers song or something, I remember, like the last time I saw him. Yeah, now he doesn't dress like a Power Ranger. Yeah, like it's more like, like the music he comes out to is more like Latin influenced and stuff. And it's like... Lean into the Power Ranger thing. Like, why the fuck not? Yeah. And uh, to for, this is going to be the only time that we really mention AEW. But and the way Andrade opened this match, which was running and back elbowing Umberto straight in the face. Is so much better than Chris Jericho's Judas effect. No, for real. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Andrade, Andrade uses that back elbow as a signature move, not a finisher. Oh, my it's God. Not a he, fucking finisher. And they replayed it two, three or four times, and I know well, why. That's because he wiped the guy fucking out. <laughs> well, uh, Humberto, Humberto Carrillo, like, he sold that. I mean, granted, he didn't have to sell much because he got... No, because like, he got elbowed in the fucking head. <laughs> he got elbowed in the head, but the way he like it was perfect. You can tell that these guys have worked together a bunch, and obviously, like oh, yeah. over the, over the last few weeks, uh, these guys have faced each other. I don't know, nineteen hundred times. I think they, um, I think they've worked together loads of times in Mexico as well. From the reading, I might be wrong on that, so sorry if I am. But I'm pretty sure they've worked together a lot, and they were they were beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> like, just yeah, again. yeah. 
I mean, and this match was very good, uh, but again, the crowd wasn't behind them at all. Um, they, they they didn't really pop for anything, and I get that and everything, but this match was very good. They Pretty used good, yeah. the... Um, they used the, uh, the 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 whole like DDT on the uh, on the concrete. The concrete, thank you. I, I my brain is fucking fried. Okay. Today. Um, yeah, they they used that whole uh, plot device. Uh, Zelina Vega was out there like trying to help Andrade as much as possible. The the ending is sort of super flat. Like uh, the rest of the match sort of didn't. Like it didn't compute the right way. You know what I mean? I like I like the fact that it was different from and it's also it's the way angel garza beat Carrillo as well with just the roll-up combination so maybe they're setting something up there where Carrillo kind of needs to stop doing that which would tell a very subtle story um but what show was was that super showdown with garza Carrillo? uh, uh whatever, yes. whatever it yes, was yes. whatever it was but that's the way Carrillo got beaten there as well i like the fact they're keeping Carrillo strong as well because i know the guy isn't as charismatic as his cousin uh angel gaza who has charisma coming out of every pore of his fucking body um but he's still really good and can play a big part but i thought this match is great probably the right decision to keep the u.s title on uh andrade going going forward and yeah for sure, I I totally a hundred percent agree uh, that uh, that it's the right decision. It's just that that ending was just so flat for me that like I I just I don't know I liked the rest of the match, but like the way that it ended, it was like oh all, right. all right. Yeah, they probably could have just had Andrade beat Humberto. Uh, did Humberto do anything? Sorry, this, I'm gonna peel back the curtain a bit. I've not seen much of Raw. Did Humberto do anything on Raw? Have you seen? I haven't watched Raw. Or oh, okay, Smackdown we've not seen Raw. Um, yeah. No, that's 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 fine. And uh, yeah, and Andrade had the tights as well, so maybe he's got a call for a rematch. Selena, from memory, other than pulling back the padding as well, didn't get involved. No, yeah, she uh, she kind of got in like in Humberto's way a little bit, from what I remember, uh, and distracted him a little bit, and then uh, uh, Andrade who would, did. Who wouldn't be distracted by her? Though? I was distracted the entire time. Yeah, she wasn't she, even she wasn't even in frame, and I was distracted by her. She she looked <laughs> like a sparkly Christmas stocking. And she had that. She had like a I don't know what you call it. It's not a net. Is it a choker with like Mama Sita written on it as well? Oh, is that what it said? I I don't know friend, what it said. I asked you guys. My friend, my friends, and I like to refer to that as a black belt and giving head. Um. <laughs> Any any chokers? It's just it's a black belt and, and sucking dick. I think I picked the wrong moment to take a sip of my. Drink. I heard you slam your cup down. I heard you slam your drink down, and I was just like, oh, he was he was preparing. I was literally to about to drink. sip a drink and he's in there. But yeah, the the Matt did some awesome moments. A, these... All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, Alistair is a very lucky man. God bless him, and God bless Zelina Vega for being as pretty as she is. I'm not trying to be misogynistic, but God damn it, woman. God damn it. It is unfucking fair. <laughs> the Super Harakarana from the top rope was probably the biggest spot in the whole match, but otherwise these guys just kicked and beat the shit out of each other for the entire time. Andrade was proper, especially laying it in um, as well great match they did like they did a good sort of 30 seconds of kind of small packages into hurricanes into roll-ups and then andrade with 
uh, got reversed one, pulled back the tights, got the win. From Tiki. what I remember, from when from what I remember uh, from the last time I saw these two wrestle, this this match was a lot cleaner than their other interactions. So like I think that definitely I helps. They did more quote unquote. They so they did less quote unquote lucha stuff in this match. Like they weren't. They didn't seem to be doing as much kind of the luchador style uh, from the last time I saw them wrestle. They were just more laying their shit in, basically. Um, one thing I am quite glad, and I don't know why why he stopped doing it, but I've not seen him do it since his. Uh, 30 day disappearance from the WWE. He was DDT'd he on concrete. That was Nathan. It. Yeah, so he had to get his head straight after that um, and piss in a cup. But um, <laughs> he stopped doing the Free Amigos. Yeah, but, I don't know what's yeah. up with that. He's, he was doing it for ages, but it's it started when he was feuding with Ray. But then he stopped feuding with Ray for a bit, but he was still doing it in every match that I saw him. I think that was what it was, though. It was like a thing to get it, Ray, because like they were doing a thing for a while, and then the Canadian Destroyer got brought back to WWE. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised that if WrestleMania were not looking at like a fatal four-way for the uh, U.S. title with um, all Mexican men, um, you have uh, Ray, Andrade, Humberto, and Angel Garza. I think that match could be pretty fun. I think if you give those guys like 15 minutes for a fatal four-way, I think that shit could be like loads and loads of fun. Yeah, definitely. I'd go in that direction. The other direction I was going to go in uh, was, well, basically, I don't know what's happening with the Alistair Black situation now, because my thinking is if he's not going to be involved in the Undertaker stuff, then maybe you do Alistair Black and Andrade at Rey Mysterio. Because Alistair Black has only, since being called up to the main roster on Raw, he's only lost that one match to AJ Styles, which was part of that weird gauntlet. Oh, on Monday. Other than that, yeah, other than that, he's now, after being AJ Styles, I think he's 19-1 and or something like that. Like a lot of those is local jobbers or whatever, but they, a win's a win. Um, so... Maybe you go in an Andrade Alistair Black direction, but I don't know if Alistair Black's going to be involved in the Undertaker shit. It seems like it might be Alistair and the Undertaker versus the OC at WrestleMania. Um, that's that's starting to make me think that that's what it is. If they don't bring Kane back for that, I'm going to be so fucking angry. I know you will, but you know, let, the the less we see of that gut, the better. Um, <laughs> He's a mayor. Have some respect. Would it, okay, I'm sorry. That mayoral gut. Um, would it be would it be racist of me to say that this reminded me of like a happy hour or a Taco Tuesday? Like you know, like it, it was it was a little less than what you were expecting, but it was still fulfilling and it was still very very good. I mean, you can say that if people want to see that as racist, that's fine. But if you see it as racist, make sure to tweet Ben underscore E B E R T. <laughs> Or Carlos Fire, or is it Carlos underscore Fire 89 or whatever? Yeah, that'll do. You'll find uh, it. I'm going to rate this Power Rangers, the original series. Mighty Morphin? Yeah, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. All right. It, it was good, and I liked it. And I would definitely watch it again. Well, 
cool because with the WWE Network that is available for an undisclosed amount of money, you can watch it whenever you want. Oh my god, I can't wait. I can't wait to go back and watch that. Uh, so moving on with the with the show, was this the bit where Natalia did her incredibly awful promo? Um, I'm going to be honest. There were a few points during the course of this show where I full on stopped paying attention because Papa was very, very stoned uh, <laughs> and 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 indulging in uh, some light beers and uh, whatnot. So I did miss some of the backstage stuff because the only one I distinctly remember is the AJ Styles one where. It just that might have been really that weird. might have been here, yeah, where he messed up his line at the end, where he said, "Oh, um, if anyone's going to get disqualified in this match, it's going to be me." And then he just was like, "Oh, I've got to go." But it was, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if it was shit. I think that was here. I don't know if it was shit comedy, or if he was meant to say he can't get disqualified in this match. But then he just walked off, and Kayla yeah. Braxton or whatever it was, even I think it was Kayla Braxton was just like, "Okay." <laughs> Uh, it's, it's um it's like do you ever watch that thing that uh that happened to ashley simpson on snl no we don't get snl over here well that is a fucking travesty and i'm okay first before i go into this i would like to call out lauren michaels and nbc you guys can go fuck yourself because people need to see some of the classic snl stuff snl's been garbage lately you don't really need to watch a lot of it but uh yeah i think classic snl should be over there anyway the sister want, of Jessica Simpson. What's, what's her name? Do you want me to tweet her? Ashley Simpson? No, uh, Lauren Michaels. No, his name is Lorne Michaels. He's Canadian. What? L-O-R-N-E. Lorne. Lorne Michaels. Does he have Twitter? Uh, probably. I don't know. I'm sure he doesn't run it, though. No, he, he... doesn't have it, so... Uh, uh, I'll just tweet SNL. Okay, cool. Uh, so... The thing, the thing with uh, this happened was is uh, the sister of Jessica Simpson, Ashley Simpson, had a solo record at the time, or a.k.a. Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy's wife, Ashley Simpson, had a, uh, a solo record at the time, and she was lip-syncing on Saturday Night Live, and uh, the, the track started to skip. So instead of like trying to just cut the sound off and do the song live, she just sort of like irish jigged off the stage to the side and that's what this reminded me of uh was aj styles just going well that joke didn't work and then fucking tap danced his way off screen and i don't know if it was sarah schreiber or kayla braxton they were just standing there and i wanted them just to go like the fuck are you talking about yeah i didn't know what he was on about either because there was also the bits where he's like oh is it is this match unfair and he was like every match against me is unfair and i was like what (laughs) so i was with him i was with him on that i was like okay it's a little shaky but i get it you're the phenomenal aj styles i get that you know it's like gonna be every match against the phenomenal aj styles is a disadvantage for my opponents and blah 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 heel shit heel shit heel shit but then he was just like if anyone's gonna get disqualified it's me and it's like yeah. it's no disqualification you fucking numpty like what is wrong with you like you signed the contract for this match because that's a big part of this story is that contracts get signed all the fucking time um and you signed the contract for a no DQ match. So, like, 
I guess, what was he trying to say? Like, it's good that it's a no DQ match because if it was anybody who was going to get disqualified, well, it's me. Yeah, she just asked him if Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows were going to be there. So then he was like, it's no disqualifications, but if anyone's going to get disqualified, it's me. So basically, what he was trying to say is, yes, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson will interfere if I want them to. And but... then they fucking didn't! Then they fucking <laughs> well, they did didn't! It. Yeah, so if he had just said the point of like, oh, I'm going to beat Alistair Black one-on-one, because that then would have made it clear as to why... Anyway, we're not even on that match. We'll come to that. The promo, it was funny, but it sucked because he messed up all his words. But the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships are on the line in the Elimination Chamber. The champions, John Morrison and The Miz, defending against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, who were coming out last because they won the gauntlet on SmackDown, against Heavy Machinery, who were also in the pods, the Lucha, the Lucha sorry, House Party, who were also in the pods. And starting the match were The New Day, with some incredible colour-by-numbers gear on. Oh, their gear was so fantastic. Oh, it was incredible. I and, loved it. I loved and it. And the the Usos, who uh, they've been back for a number of weeks now, but they do have a really great new look going forward and with the short hair and wearing like jeans and everything like that. They look awesome. They started off the match. And this match was the longest match on the card, I believe, going about half an hour. Oh, sorry, 32-53. And... Um. Uh, and it, it was great. New Day News so starting off there, always fantastic. The Lucha House, I'll just go through who came out when, and then we'll get to the match. The Lucha House Party coming out second, then Miz and Morrison, then Heavy Machinery, and obviously finally Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler with the Miz and John Morrison retaining, defeating the Usos last in, I thought it was a really, really, really fun match. A heck of a lot better then the last time they tried to do a tag team elimination chamber match, uh, they actually seemed to get it right this time. Really enjoyed it. They continued the Otis and Dolph Ziggler feud. Uh, what did you make of it, though? Um, okay, so I'm of two minds about it. Um, on the one hand, I really loved it overall. Um, I think that there were a few things that really stood out as, like, wonky. Uh, when... Um, was it Lindsay Dorado? I don't remember. Who was the yeah. one who went up the cage and Lindsay, did the shootings? Lindsay Dorado. So Lindsay Dorado um, is he, – he, he goes the, and he – If you remember years – I think the best way to describe it, if you remember years ago, quite ironically because he's in the match, John Morrison, Spider-Man to the very top of the Elimination Chamber, like climbing it inside it and then did a crossbody off the top of it onto, I think, Seamus from memory Lindsay Dorado did the same thing but then did like a hand like almost like an Olympic gymnast when they're on the bars did a swing into a shooting plot star press and landed on like everyone um so okay so about this whole thing uh Otis and uh, Tucker Otis and Tucker were outside <laughs> of the the ring near the uh the chain mail uh, uh the chain fence whatever uh and you can hear Otis and Tucker going like, Lindsay, Lindsay, even though they were right there, they saw him climb up onto the thing and then he's just sort of gone and everything got really awkward for a minute. And then this thing that happens in wrestling, in multi-man wrestling matches sometimes where like people are fighting, people are fighting, but they're also looking up and going like, 
oh, we in the uh, the right spot and da da da. I hate it. It needs to stop. It looked cool. God bless Lince Dorado for like, you know, you know, swallowing his pride and fucking picking his picking up his ball and really running with it because the spot looked fantastic. But I can't get over this like big crowd of fucking people who are obviously there to catch somebody who like a real fight isn't when you're jumbled together and you're staying in one tight little area, you're going to roll around, knock somebody down, whatever. I understand you don't want the, the, the guy to get hurt or whatever, but like, it just looks really stupid and bad. Um, also Otis running through the plexiglass that popped out in one solid piece um, it was cool. No one has ever done that before in the history of the Elimination Chamber, uh, which they have to call No Escape in Germany for, like, <laughs> obvious reasons, but it always makes me laugh every year, so I always have to bring it up when I do an Elimination Chamber review. Um, uh, so, yeah, and, and no one had ever been thrown out of the Elimination Chamber before, and that is cool, but the one thing I, I just... I, I It just bothers me so much that like it pops out as one giant piece and then he sells it as if he had died because he's getting carried out from ringside and stuff you didn't go through a pane of glass dude like you you walked you ran into some fucking plexiglass and that's it i get that it's supposed to be lexan bulletproof glass or whatever fuck off um it just it it takes me out of it and i know use i was told by a buddy of mine that directs monday morning magic he said that using sugar glass is super annoying because it takes forever to clean up and whatever. And I'm not saying they should have used sugar glass. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know, the one little pop of a full piece of plexiglass just took me out of it. But on the other side, I thought this match was fantastic. Miz and Morrison, um, they're like tag team moves where, like, Miz had the figure four leg lock and then Morrison did the uh, Starship Pain onto one of the Usos was really, really cool. Um, John Morrison then doing, like, uh, the the finishing spot where he, like, leaped over the ropes and, like, pinned uh, one of the Usos for the victory at the end. That was really, like, awesome because they were using the cage to their advantage to get more leverage and whatnot on the ropes. Uh, the Usos and the New Day are just magic, as always. Uh, Lucha House Party was there only by default because uh, the Revival haven't signed new contracts. Uh, and the thing with, uh, Dolph Ziggler and, um, Otis and Take, uh, that, that's moving on nicely. And Dolph Ziggler might get his first ever one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania, him versus Otis. So, uh, overall, I thought it was a good match. There were a couple things that took me out of it, but, uh, yeah, if I had to give this match a rating, it was, uh, appetizer sampler. There's going to be some stuff you like. Some stuff you don't like, but there's a lot of it, and you can only really eat one of it every single time a light shows up. <laughs> yeah, I thought this match, I just want to echo kind of what you said. I can forgive the Otis running through the clear, like, plastic sheet rather than it being glass. I don't really, I'm not, never really too bothered about things like that. I can understand why they didn't use sugar glass, because they've got, like, three more matches after. And they they kind of trying to sift pay per views along quicker and quicker. I like the fact that they continued the Otis and Dolph Ziggler story during this match. The heat that Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode got for eliminating heavy machinery as well. I know we kind of shit on the crowd a little bit earlier, but they booed like hell 
And they got and a they, good pop when they got eliminated, like, right afterward. Yeah, and they cheered um, and they cheered Otis. They were chanting Otis's name. And I think I even heard an asshole chant. Oh, yeah, just after yeah, they eliminated yeah. them. So Dolph Ziggler gets some heat. Hopefully they go with the one-on-one match at WrestleMania and just have Tucky. Who? Uh, Tucky. Oh, uh, now, now I get it. Okay. On the outside and Robert Roode and just did a one-on-one match with Mandy. I don't know. Put Mandy Rose in a shark cage or something. I don't know. And um, Battle for the custody of Mandy. Ladder <laughs> match for the custody of Mandy. Yeah, why not? And, uh, but the fact uh, that Ziggler's been around for 147 years and it hasn't had a one-on-one match at WrestleMania, I think that is enough for me to be like, give it to the guy. Like he's been around long enough; he fucking deserves it. Why like, not? Yeah, let's let's just give him. Let's just do the one-on-one match. It'll be fun. You can get it done in like 10 minutes. You don't need to do a long match. It doesn't even need to be a good match. But it can. You can put all the smoke and mirrors of a WWE theatrics behind it and turn it into a, a really kind of fun spectacle i like the fact that the new day and the usos were made to still look so strong and so dominant starting the chamber and then ending the chamber the chamber as well kofi took a nasty well he he probably did it perfectly safety but it looked brutal when he did the landing and then Miz and morrison the landing of the pod and then Miz and morrison like snuck in to pin both pin him at the same time yeah yeah well. that was cool that was yeah cool, they yeah. made that look cool the ending was inventive as well and you've got a great setup for i don't know why not new day v usos v Miz and morrison freeway bring back the tlcs let's have a fucking tlc a freeway tlc tag match at wrestlemania let's bring I, it back i said this to you guys in the group chat uh while we were watching the pay-per-view i think that and i know this is just like the crazy like 20 year wrestling a uh, 25 year wrestling fan in me but, like, this cage is big enough, you could do a, a ladder match inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, not Hell in a Cell, the uh, Elimination Chamber. Like, this this cell is big enough, the chamber is big enough, and I think that would be fucking interesting as shit. What, bringing, to... people, bringing people out? But then, what what's to stop you doing the, when we get to the main event, the Shayna Baszler thing of eliminating everyone that's in the ring with you and then just grabbing it and two people don't get out of the pod? Well, you see, here's the thing. You only do two teams. The pods oh, are filled the okay. pods are filled with weapons and ladders. So you can only get to the ladders after one of the pods has opened. The other ones have weapons in them. Oh, so and so the the belt would hang down like through the WWE in the center of no, the, the chamber. No, well, no, Jimmy, you, what we do here is first off, we own this idea. And secondly, Cody, you can buy it off us. And you want to start an... filing the trademark paperwork? or Shit, I'm going to post this idea. Well, how does copyright work? You just post the idea to yourself and sign the paperwork. And uh, we'll... yeah, why not? We, we No, I'm just going to put this podcast on an SD card, post it to you, and then we own it. And okay. Cody, you can buy it. That's a great. That's a. It's actually a really great idea. <laughs> like, yeah, why, I think. Why not? Instead I was of everyone about just being it while able, we were watching it, everyone and being able to grab the head. ladders. Yeah, instead of being able to grab the ladders as soon as you get them, the ladders are locked away for a set amount of time. Yeah, like one or two of the pods uh, will have a ladder in them, and then if you break the ladder, then you got to wait for the other ladder to come out. And then the other pod will have like chairs or a fucking two by four or whatever 
WWE weaponry there is. Um, and then you do uh, an Elimination Chamber TLC match. Such a good idea. Like that's sell that. Why why can't um, Pro Wrestling Magic do that? You guys have the money to build a massive structure like that, right? Listen, we have. I know I shouldn't be talking about this, but uh, we have we had an idea of possibly doing a cage match. Uh, that's and a great idea. Do it. The building. I don't think the building is big enough. I just don't think that it's feasible to do. You'll see it when you it, like when you're around and you and you do come to the show. Well, it's not nice. safe. It's not safe. Okay, well, there we go. The Miz and Morrison win. I would give this match. This match was so good that I'm just going to give it Budweiser. Oh, okay. I like Budweiser. It's good. Yeah, you guys love the uh, the Budweiser over there. Yeah, it's because, yeah, why not? We don't know any better. Yeah, well, I mean, you do, <laughs> Isn't isn't Guinness better in Ireland than it is anywhere else? I don't know, mate. I don't like Guinness, to be honest with you. No, I don't either. I I cook I cook with Guinness sometimes. Same. Uh, but I don't drink Guinness because I I have some love left for myself. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, moving on. Okay, the no disqualifications match. AJ Styles with DOC, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson facing Alistair Black, who thank God they've got rid of the creaking noise for his. Oh, it was there. Bank. It wasn't. What? It was there. Oh, I didn't hear it. Okay. A little well, like. As he comes up, it was later. So the guy who's on the boards. Uh, let's just blame Kevin Dunn because uh, Kevin Dunn is probably um, Kevin Dunn. But, so yeah, that sound effect isn't in the song. They just do that. They make a choice to do that every time Alistair Black comes out, and it was late this time. So like I think P- the commentary table was talking, or like the, the it was there was like some sort of noise interference, but I definitely still heard it. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. It's still there then. Um, I would take back my thank God then, and I will thank God at a later date. So these two had a nice, brutal, no disqualifications match. Most of it was spent AJ working on Alispat's leg. Alispat kicking, literally kicking, well, not literally, but kicking the shit out of AJ Styles. Lots of back and forth. One point, AJ looked like he was going to hit a tombstone pile driver. He even did the Undertaker's cutthroat thing. And Alistair Black fought back, put him through a table. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, by the way, despite being no DQ, I just stood on the outside watching Alistair Black beat the shit out of AJ Styles. They can't wait to get involved in a regular match, but when it's a no DQ match, they're just like, all right, AJ, too sweet, baby. All right. This is and... this is where a, well, the point we made earlier about AJ, if AJ Styles had said in that promo, I'm going to beat him one-on-one or man-on-man, I don't need Luke Gaz and Carl Anderson will be there, but I don't need them to beat him. It would have made sense. But the fact that they just stood there and did nothing f- until the end of the match really kind of it was it was a bit like, well, why are you backing off? They did a couple of things, uh, but they did them when the referee's back was turned. It was yeah. like, why wait, dude? Just the, every time Alistair Black came off the ropes, like near Carl Anderson or Luke Gallows, I was like, why didn't you just grab his foot? Why didn't you yeah. just grab his foot? You guys were in New Japan with AJ. Like, you guys know how to do play 
the ringside thing even when there are rules. There are no rules here. You're in fucking Philadelphia. Make Aleister Black fight all three of them, especially because The Undertaker's going to show up. And, like, granted, granted, that Black that black Mass was oh my fucking God. unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. So, so before we get to that, uh, what it gets down to is Aleister Black fights back. He puts AJ through a table on the outside by doing the Meteora double knee. Uh, double knee strike off of the announce table through a table that's set up just next to it. Uh, he looks like he's basically about to win, and that's where Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows run in. Uh, Alistair Black kind of fights him off for a second, but then all three, all three of the OC are in different corners, and Alistair Black's like, come on! And then they all beat the fuck out of him, hit the magic killer. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows hold it, uh, Alistair Black up whilst AJ is about to hit the phenomenal forearm. Gong to black. Uh, the, and then the lights come up. The Undertaker has the OC. AJ Styles goes to hit the phenomenal forearm on the Undertaker, who turns around, choke slams AJ. Gong disappears, comes back. Alistair Black with the Black Mass and AJ for the win. Uh, Hashtag Jimmy. teleportation and wrestling. I love teleportation and wrestling. Yeah, same. Teleportation and wrestling is the best. The Undertaker's the best. He. My God, did that man turn around quickly. He was speedy on that turnaround. But, Jimmy, uh, you said to me off mic that you weren't a big fan of this match. What's up? What's up, dude? This fucking match was forever. It was plodding and it was slow. Yeah, it was hard hitting and stuff like that. But after Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan earlier on in the match, or earlier on in the show, rather, I I just it just didn't land for me as much. And I know that might not be a popular uh, opinion or whatever. And I love the outcome and I love always seeing The Undertaker and stuff. I think uh, before I get more into what I didn't like about it, I think that the subtlety of um, and this may have only played for the people at home rather than the people in the arena. But when the lights went out and then came back on, Aleister Black was nowhere to be found but the Undertaker had both of the the members of the club by the throat. Then when the gong sounded again, the lights went out and came back on. Aleister Black was then back in the ring. So do we have a situation here where there's like a cross-pollination of the supernatural uh, f- like whirly dervishes between the two? Like, are they sharing abilities now? Is this like a thing that's like that could build to the I don't know. It's just I think that that was it was very a very interesting choice to not have Aleister Black in the ring while the Undertaker was there. But then the second the Undertaker is gone, as if they're like body swapping or whatever. Either way, teleportation wrestling is my jam and I love it. There was a lot to like about this match. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> just, just, just quickly. That would be so funny if they actually announce a thing where everyone's like, "Oh, we really want to see Alistair Black for the Undertaker," and WWE are like, "No, we literally can't do it. They cannot be in the ring at the same time. They can't time. be in the same time. They, like, are they the literally person. can't. It can't happen because one of them always has to be disappeared." <laughs> no, just, just, just make make me a vignette of. Uh, the Undertaker and Aleister Black doing that thing from E.T. with, but <laughs> where they touch fingertips, but instead it's the fucking blue lightning or whatever, and he's just like Aleister, 
<laughs> and and whatever. Um, because like I think I think that would be hilarious. And uh, if they are going to do, I think that the way that this match came across to me was that they have the idea that they may do a two on three handicap match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but they also have it open for Taker versus AJ because uh, AJ did challenge the Undertaker to a one-on-one match at uh, or, or just a match at WrestleMania. Uh, I saw one graphic that somebody put together that it would it would be Undertaker's wife Michelle McCool versus <laughs> uh, versus AJ Styles, and I would love to watch that just to watch uh, AJ Styles like knee her in the dome like over <laughs> and over and over again. Uh, but anyway, back to the shit I didn't like. This match was super slow, super plotting, boring as fuck. And don't get me wrong, I was I was having a good I was having a good time, having a good time during most of this show up till now. Like I I had been smoking, I had been drinking, I had had a couple slices of pizza. You know, I had been having a grand old fucking what, time. What having, pizza? What pizza? Uh, I'd rather not say so I don't get uh Ben in trouble on on Twitter. Um, it was a whole. <sighs> Um, it was what? Hawaiian. Oh. Ham and pineapple with yeah, barbecue sauce. Yeah, I get what you meant. I was just yeah. disappointed. Yeah, so if you wouldn't mind editing this out, so uh, Ben, because <laughs> I'd like, I'd like, I'd like Ben to get the tweets that we want him to get, and not just all the ones about the people who ate pineapple on pizza. Because here's a newsflash, motherfuckers, you're wrong. It's delicious, and you're wrong. Yeah, um, it's good to be fair. Yeah, ham and pineapple on pizza with the barbecue sauce instead of the marinara. Even though I've had it with the marinara, and that's not bad, but you put barbecue sauce instead. Oh, don't even get me fucking started. Anyway, back to the shit I didn't like. (laughs) Listen, I'm from New Jersey. I can switch back into shit I didn't like and then like a fucking drop of a dime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you live somewhere you don't like, so. Yeah, well, (laughs) there's, there's 328 million people who live in this country that I don't like either, so. Um... Um, so Alistair Black versus AJ Styles was boring. It just, it was, there was little things throughout that were okay, but I found myself looking at my phone. Uh, I found myself like talking about other shit instead of like being into the match. And I thought I was really good. This was one of the matches I was really, really looking forward to. And I'm willing to believe before you start tweeting at me and, or before Nathan gets on my case and stuff, I'm willing to say that maybe my expectations were too high for this match coming in. And that might be partially my fault, but also this match kind of blowed. So it's really not my, like the thing, the thing with the club at ringside who did, they, they were just out there just going like, yeah, Daddy was a fall down man. All right. All right. Uh, and they weren't getting involved. It's no DQ. Have AJ come out by himself. Like you said, during the promo, say, I'm going to go out there by myself tonight. When he, gets, when he gets out there, he's lying because he's a heel, you know, and people are like, boo, AJ and your luxurious hair, you know, like that kind of shit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, this match really didn't land for me as much, but that black mass at the end really was just like, Ooh, God damn. One of the three times I got up out of my seat was, uh, for that black mass. So it ended up okay. Overall, I would give it, uh, you go to a restaurant that like you normally go to and you always have like a regular, 
um, or whatever, but uh, they have a new chef on and they don't exactly know the menu yet. So like your burger or um, your fish and chips or whatever the fuck you people eat over there. Um, <laughs> like it was just off, you know, like it, it, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't the same. And uh, that's what this match was to me. It was just sort of off. Like it didn't, didn't exactly land for me. And I know that that's probably more on me than anything else, but uh, um, yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't land for me. And that, that's pretty much it. All your things are always about food. Well, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I was swallowing there and then went to say something. Um, <coughs> uh, so that, that's that's the thing, though, is that uh, we started these ratings just doing food. So now whenever we do ratings, my brain immediately goes to food things. Just uh, uh, me for me about this match. I liked it. I perhaps thought to critique it a little bit there was it was almost they did a little bit too much of just aj working on alice's leg a bit too much i also didn't understand why the oc didn't just jump in and beat up alistair and aj didn't just win super quick and then maybe it's the second longest match on the card yeah that was the other thing where it's just maybe like you said just don't have the oc come out straight away like aj just says in that promo, I don't need. Um, I like Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, they're my friends, but I don't need them to be Alistair Black. And then if DOC run out when AJ's in trouble, because then you've given a reason. Because otherwise they're just they're just meandering around the ring. They're just pottering around. You're like it's no DQ. Yeah, uh, and then like and then and that feeds directly into the Undertaker coming out because all of a sudden the odds are stacked against him. Yeah, and like I think that makes way more sense to do it that way. I like the fact that AJ hasn't is isn't just forgetting what happened at Super Showdown with the Undertaker, that he did go for the Tombstone at one point and did the pose, because I feel like it kind of built up anticipation of everyone was like, well, the Undertaker is coming, he is coming, he is coming, right? And then he did appear, and it was like, and then the crowd went nuts when they heard that gong, so that was really good. Uh, I like the fact that Alistair Black got the win as well. I think AJ winning would have really flatlined Alistair Black for me. But uh, the fact that he got the win, it makes me think that, yeah, I would like to see him involved. And maybe they do Alistair Black and The Undertaker v. AJ and the OC. Or maybe, I think I said off mic to you, why not bring back Kane, have the Brothers of Destruction and Alistair Black against The OC and AJ Styles? Why not? Like, if it's a six-man tag, Kane and The Undertaker can be super effective rather than just a one-on-one where maybe you won't get the best. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't think it was as good as I thought it can and could be. But I still I still liked it. And uh, I liked the fact that Alistair Black got the win as well. And yeah, that Black Mass was brutal. So something brutal, but not as good as I think it's going to be. Probably John Wick 2. Like it was, uh, I'm, it was, I'm, un, I'm unfamiliar with the John Wick movies. I've seen the oh, first okay. one. It was brutal, but it's not as good as I wanted it to be. You know what? You know what? I made a whole big deal about the pineapple on pizza thing, but now I think I'm going to get more tweets about uh, the not seeing the John Wick films. Maybe. I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, 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 like, yeah, it, it was whatever. This match was fine. It was like seven or eight minutes too long. 
you know. Yeah, I think you could have shaved five off of it and just had less of the leg work from AJ to Alistair Black. Yeah, like if this was like 17 or eight minutes, uh, 17 or 18 minutes long, um, and you didn't have AJ come out with the club, and the club only came out when AJ was like, like fucked up, uh, no matter what he did to to Alistair, like. And then Undertaker came out then. I think that the like just like the booking of it would have been a little bit more succinct and it didn't happen that way. So before we spend 45 minutes talking about the little things that we didn't like, let's move on to something that uh, I don't know. It was was pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions, the champions Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins of the Street Profits versus Buddy Murphy. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, Murphy and Seth Rollins. Before the Street Profits came out, they did a nice little cool promo package where they kind of just said about how The Undertaker just came out and then their music hit. So they walked straight out into the into the title match. I thought that was cool. The Street Profits are, despite what the Internet would tell you, and this is going to be the beginning of me slagging off the Internet. Uh, WWE doesn't create new stars. The Street Profits are over like Rover. The crowd goes, the crowd, even though we slagged them off earlier, goes nuts for the Street Profits. Everyone's got their red so. Uh, are they called solo cups? Yeah, do you guys not have solo cups over there? Uh, not that I know of. Or we don't, we, we, you can buy red cups, but we don't call them, I don't know, is solo a brand? Yeah, it's like how Band Aid and kleenex oh, and stuff okay, okay solo is the brand so that's why you say red solo cup but it's also like the name of a bunch of different songs over here and stuff uh like there's like a bunch of like party songs that are like called red solo cup and stuff like that but uh yeah so solo cups are used for like beer pong and uh like any sort of drinking situation me personally i just always drink out of fucking tall boys anyway it doesn't really bother me um yeah i know what you mean but uh, that theme, though, can we talk about their theme? I don't think we've ever had a chance to talk about the Street Profits Oh, theme. it's so good. So f- one of my favorites in WWE at the moment. It gets you so pumped up, doesn't it? Montez Ford acting like a giant weirdo as well. He's, he's Montez Ford. My, I said Angel Garza's uh, charisma coming out of his paws. I think Angelo, um, not Angelo Dawkins, sorry, sorry Angelo, uh, Montez Ford is charisma coming from places that aren't even attached to him. Like, good God, that man is charismatic. He's he so just, much energy. <laughs> like him, him and his wife Bianca Belair just seem to have this sort of like naturalness to their characters that is just infectious. Like when they decide to go through the crowd during their entrance and they stand with the people and they dance through the people who are waving the solo cups around. And they're just like the, the theme song is great. And the whole, like we want the smoke gotta have that smoke saying we want the smoke, that whole thing. Like they're, they're just so fucking over. It's incredible. And they're a tag team. Yeah, definitely. And they are. They're a tag team that actually works together well. It's nice to see Angelo Dawkins doesn't really get the plaudits that Montez Ford does because Montez is just charisma. He's just he's just energy as a human, uh, which is just crazy. But he's done really well. And he's pulled himself out of a bit of a hole because I think he said someone said he's been he's been in NXT since 2012 or something. 
Yeah, and he's I... just or he's just struggled to find any footing. And now to see the guy on Raw on a pay per view, coming in as champion, leaving as champion. Spoiler, and that uh, is kind of great for the guy, and he's really found his footing. But uh, another act that is really, really, really working super well is the Monday Night Messiah gimmick. I love it. That fucking it's so good. That fucking vest and the single glove, like, oh, you prick, you fucking prick, like. And I love that. Um, what stood out to me, re- and I know this is a minor thing, but what stood out to me is uh, Murphy's Buddy Murphy's new gear that says the disciple on yeah. it, and it's like, thank you for taking that back from Horace Hogan, like, <laughs> thank you so much. Because I love Buddy Murphy as it is. He's a really great wrestler. He has fantastic matches. And to pair him with arguably one of the best in-ring performers of this generation, Seth Rollins, no matter what you want to say about his voice or his Twitter game or the fact that he probably brainwashed Becky Lynch into marrying him or whatever you want to say. Uh, <laughs> we can, sorry, we, we can't make that accusation. <laughs> no, okay. Allegedly. Um <laughs> No, no, I, I'm joking. I'm joking, Seth. Like, you know, don't don't tweet me because I know that you. I know you fucking vanity. I know you fucking vanity search. You fucking insecure piece of shit. Don't fucking don't. Well, hey, don't don't ever go at our fans. He's a big fan of the Naked Men podcast. You know, you know that he's sitting around listening to us like like making jokes and stuff, and he's like, <laughs> blade. <laughs> excellent um but no i think this monday night messiah deal is like really working for him and i think that the the faction that's i love factions i i'm a sucker for a good faction and for it to be aop who literally was doing nothing forever i know i know one of them was injured or whether it was um yeah one of them was it, injured one of them was injured for ages whether but... it was akira or tozawa one of them was <laughs> Um, injured for a long time. That's a, that's an ITR joke. Uh, that's a good joke. It's, it's a good joke. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, if you happen to be listening to this, which I know that you're not, um, it, like the the fact this faction in and of itself with AOP and Buddy Murphy. Yes, I'm gonna call him Buddy Murphy because his name is still Buddy Murphy. Um, like with and Seth Rollins at the figurehead. I think that Seth Rollins is a veteran enough at this point that when he has these quote younger guys with him uh they are all getting elevated and this whole faction is really cool i really really like the kevin owens and seth rollins stuff it's like one of the few things from raw that like i make sure to like check out the highlights from every week um and i just think that this seth rollins is more of a natural heel and i think that all of this match just sort of worked especially coming off of that insanely tw- like 23 minute like when they said when i found out that this match uh the match before it the alistair black and aj match was only 23 minutes i was like god damn like it felt way longer than that but um yeah. this match, 16 and a half minutes and this felt right like this felt perfect for this match um the street profits got a lot of shine uh and uh seth and murphy are great together and then kevin owens uh, appears which i'm sure you were about to cover yeah. Uh, so go ahead. Go, go ahead and uh, cover that. Yeah. So the ending of this match, it's it's very much back and forth. They do work over uh, Seth and Buddy, um, not Buddy, so Murphy, which uh, Buddy Murphy 
uh, work over Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I can't remember which one it was now. Um, they well, work. Do they do the, work. What do you, sorry, you think the over? What do you think the over under is? Is that Angelo Dawkins just turns into Dawkins? It's oh, Dawk, I, Dawkins and Ford. I I think that's you got to you got to look at evens for that if you're if you're if you're a betting person. Like you're not going to get good odds on that. It's going to happen at some point, but the they do work over Montez Ford for a little bit and a Seth and Buddy Murphy. But other than that, this was very, very back and forth. Montez Ford, the best, one of the best bits of this match is when Montez Ford's doing that thing where he's just doing the fake laugh and he scares the referee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. He's doing this thing where every time Angelo Dawkins is in the ring and he beats up somebody, he's going, <laughs> and he just charges down the apron and the referee genuinely jumps when he gets near him. He's just like this uncontrollable ball of energy, and it's fantastic. It reminds me, I've been watching uh, SummerSlam 91 getting ready to do uh, another podcast with a guy called Scott, uh, which will be coming out soon, and we'll send a tweet out about it as well. And I was watching a six-man tag from SummerSlam 91 that contained Kenny Von Erich or the Texas Tornado. And he kind of reminds me, when I was watching that match, I was like, God, that guy has the same energy as Montez Ford. Every time he gets in this ring, it's this uncontrollable chaos almost. Of <laughs> you don't know what the guy's gonna do. Well, like uh, you can tell, you can tell just in some of his mannerisms, uh, Montez Ford. That is that he's like a student of the game. He really, really loves pro wrestling. Like he finally took back the top rope ring shake, uh, the top rope, top ring rope shake from oh God, the Ultimate Warrior. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 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 congested, so like I'm not talking very well. But um, um, when he shakes the top rope like the Ultimate Warrior, yeah, yeah I know like you. he finally took that back from that homophobic fuck, and <laughs> um, and and but also like he's just like the way that he cuts his promos, where he's just like, hey, <laughs> and he's just he just doesn't seem to have like an end to that well of energy, and I'm almost a little jealous. Because, like, I pride myself as a guy who has a lot of energy for not only these podcasts, but, like, like wrestling shows in, in general. And I uh, Montez Ford is, no joke, like, one of those guys that I look at that I'm just like, I want to get that yeah. level of energy. Because he seems – you believe him when they win something huge and his facials are, like – like freaking the fuck out because they won the tag belts or they won an important match. Remember when he held the baby after they yeah. won their raw and debut? Just, and he just, yeah. And it's just this, it's this well of just you, you are always watching him. Even, even when he's not in the ring, I found myself looking at him like, what are you going to do? Cause he just, he looks like a guy that's up to something at all times. And he is potentially, and this is no, this is absolutely no knock on Angelo Dawkins. Cause I think Angelo Dawkins is going to be fine as well. If the street profits ever break up, but Montez Ford is a real star in the making. Like For he's, sure. he's believable because he's such an athlete. Dig the height he gets on that frog splash is unreal. When they do the slow motion replays, and it's like you, it's almost that thing where you're like, Jesus Christ, like we're lucky gravity's so strong on this planet because if he jumped much higher, he'd be fucking struggling to stay on us on this planet. Like the guy has leaps for days, he's engaging, he's charismatic, he cuts a good pro, he's got everything. 
What yeah, more? Yeah, he's the need? total what package more do you need? for sure. He is. I feel like I feel like sometime after WrestleMania, if they were to add his wife to the Street Profits. Um, again, this is not a knock on Angela Dawkins, but Angela Dawkins, and I know this is a dirty word in the industry, forgive me if you're a worker and you're listening to this, but Angela Dawkins is a good hand. Montez Ford is a fucking star. Yeah, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a good worker. No, 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 no. There's, there's nothing, nothing, there's nothing wrong, with, wrong with that. Everyone, everyone has their place and everyone... and you need people in each slot i would rather as a big fan of nxt so i might be a big bit biased here but nxt is the the show that i make a point of watching every week and i love everyone on it so i might be being a bit biased here i just would like bianca belair to do her own thing because i think bianca belair is i think she she, she, again she's a star in the making she She... has she has, as my girlfriend Jasmine said when I make her watch wrestling, sass for days is how she describes Bianca Belair. Have you, uh, have you shown Jasmine a whole new world? Was it difficult to find Agrabah when you guys first met? What? Aladdin, dude. I've not seen Aladdin. Are you shitting me? No. You haven't seen Aladdin or the live-action remake of Aladdin? Why would I watch a live-action remake of Aladdin? Because Will Smith is fucking delightful in that movie. I don't care what anybody says. Will Smith makes Aladdin. Apparently, they're working on a sequel. Great. But you haven't seen Aladdin. Robin Williams is the genie. Yeah. I just watch Flubber if I want to watch Robin Williams. Or Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! Or Or Good Will Hunting. Or one-hour photo, obviously. I, I only watch good movies. Oh, don't you fucking start with me. <laughs> Aladdin was the first movie that I saw in a movie theater. I was four years old. And uh, it came out around the same time as, like, The Lion King and, uh, like, all these, like, older, like, Disney movies. These Disney animated films from the 90s. And, dude, you gotta see Aladdin. Like, come on. Uh, I'll make a point of uh, watching it. It's quite interesting. The first movie I saw in a movie theater was also Disney, but it was Pocahontas. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pocahontas is alright, I guess. Like, I don't remember it, because I was like, free. Dude, you know, dude, I have Disney Plus. Like, I make sure to go back and watch. We don't stuff. have Disney Plus yet. Oh, that's right, because you guys can't fi- fucking figure out how to have Disney Plus yet. It's not that we can't figure it out. It's just Disney's not given us to it because they're too busy sucking off Silicon Valley. But uh, but uh, you, you did see The Mandalorian, right? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no it's, it's pretty. It's if the FBI great. is listening. Yeah, I did see it, The Mandalorian. It's pretty good. Pretty fucking great, yeah. yeah I, can't, I can't wait for the second season. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my, my terrible uh, joke that didn't land about your girlfriend's name, fine whatever when you watch aladdin oh i didn't get that i will show you the world yeah watch aladdin it's great no fuck you dude okay (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no this match this match was a lot of fun i liked it a whole bunch it helped that it came off of a match that i wasn't super into to be fair um so i want to give this a um a main course that you get after an appetizer that isn't as good. Like if you get like potato skins 
or like a lackluster French onion soup, um, which happens from Ooh. time to time. Right? It's right? just like dishwater. Exactly. That's um, what that's what French onion soup looks like. For hot take, hot take. French onion soup is bullshit. Oh, you watch your tongue. No, I won't. I refuse. That, that it's, it's it's bullshit. What what is it? What no no. How do you not like French onion soup? It's 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 shit. It always tastes watery. There's nothing good about French onion soup apart from the cheese that is on top. But I would rather have it the cheese without the soup. No, it's the cheese, then bread, then there's like there's like a French brioche roll under the cheese that like soaks up all of that like broth from the onion soup and then you have like these strips of caramelized onion in the soup and the soup is fucking fantastic no it's not it's too complicated because Uh, you need uh, that you need that bread to absorb the extra liquid that a shouldn't be there because you need to absorb that extra liquid because the soup is watery it's not watery. It is watery. That's why this, that's why the oh, dude. We don't need to get into this now because we're talking about this. This is, a, this is a good match, but we will come back to this topic in this is, Rogue this Opinion is, Soup Talk. <laughs> this is why this is why our podcasts are always two and a half hours. This is long. why we need Scott. <laughs> yeah, we need Scott here to just be like, All right guys, all right, you know guys, what? Move on. Scott, like two hours ago we said we didn't want you here. We now realize why you're here. We now know why you're part of the A team. He would, have, he would have stopped us talking about. You remember our four-hour-long? Uh, remember we had to do yeah. podcasts that were like two parts, and then yeah. the San Diego Comic Con one always stands out oh, to me because it God. was like three hours of uninterrupted talking. Pretty much, but um, I really enjoyed this match. At one point, to get to the ending, Kevin, uh, sorry, the Viking Raid, not the Viking Raid, sorry, AOP, to get finally to the correct team. Uh, get involved with the rest. Back his turn and slam one of the Street Profits into the barricade. I can't remember which one, so sorry. Then the Viking Raiders come out. AOP and the Viking Raiders uh, disappear up the ramp fighting. And then a few minutes later, Kevin Owens walks down from the crowd eating a, a um, tub of popcorn. From the, uh, and he's even got the right tub from the concession stand, which is a good detail. Because you can see members of the crowd with the same tub of popcorn. He sits on the announce table. Seth Rollins spots him. He's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Kevin Owens <laughs> throws a handful of popcorn into his face. Then in the new best gif of all time, you see Kevin Owens while Seth Rollins is in his face point to the side as in to say there's someone coming. And then Angelo Dawkins slams into Seth Rollins, into the, pushing him into the apron. A big spine buster from Dawkins on Murphy, followed by a frog splash, gives the Street Profits a retention of the tag team's titles. A great match. A hell of a lot of fun. The Street Profits are an absolute bunch of fun. I don't know where Seth Rollins and Murphy go go from here presumably it's going to lead to some kind of mania match maybe the viking raiders in ko against rollins and aop 
I would think that uh, Mania is just going to be the grudge match between uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins, and then Murphy probably goes to like a U.S. title feud, uh, and then AOP maybe gets slotted into like the Raw tag team title match. Maybe, but it just seems like the raid, the Viking Raiders, are so integral to this feud. They've been there the entire time. In, and Samoa Joe was obviously a big part of the feud, but he's currently uh, suspended. What, what, susp- yeah, I know. I was trying suspended. to think. Of it. He's he's suspended. He's uh, he's 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 busy. <laughs> he's suspended and injured at the same time. He got injured filming a uh, commercial. Oh, yeah, so he um, he's busy. He's busy. Let's just say he's busy. You know what? He's busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. But he'll be back by Mania time, so maybe he can come back into the feud and they can do an eight-man tag. I guess, That seemed to be where they were going, like, until Samoa Joe decided he liked drugs. Okay, let's let's clear this up, okay? Uh, This this also goes for Andrade as well. Uh, According to, I think it was Primo Cologne, if you don't show up, they fail you. So oh, yeah, if, that's how. Um, that's if he how failed a drug test, that doesn't necessarily mean that he was getting high, or he was fucking shooting dope, or whatever the fuck. He that he may not have just shown up for the drug test. Well, that's so, how uh, that's how professional athletes work as well. Like if you don't, if you miss a drug test just because you didn't show up where you told them you would be, it's a failure. So. That's that's unfortunately that's just part of. I think it's programs. Worth, I, I do think it's worth mentioning though, because uh, just I don't want it to come across like we're just going like, well, this guy fucking failed a drug test, so he must be a fucking junkie, you know? Like what what Jimmy is trying to say is that he buys weed off Samoa Joe and he's covering for him. Dude, could you imagine? Could you yeah, imagine? It's a long trip to from New Jersey to South Car- uh, Calif- to Southern California. Could you imagine, like, you show up to the spot and you're just like, <laughs> you text you text your boy and you're like, hey, yo, uh, I'm here. Yo, I'm here. And, this and, then, and then all of a sudden, and then as they're coming out, dude, like, the cops would show up immediately because I'm just like, Joe, Joe, Joe. Yo, he's, like, dude, your... he's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Keep it quiet. Mate, you, you just get Kakina Clutch and you wake up half an hour later and your money's gone, but you what you're saying is in your pocket. <laughs> you just wake up in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you have, you just have a stack of Jeffries in your pocket. Yeah, so I'm going to give this match successful drug deal. <laughs> it was fun, but exhilarating at the same time. Exhilarating? Okay. Yeah, why not? I, I guess you, I, I guess I've just done more drug deals than you. Um, I'm gonna give this match. I'm gonna give this match. Uh, when he seven. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give this match a seven. To seven. Whatever unit of measurement is in your head right now, it could be seven teacups. It could be seven. The movie. It could be yeah, it could be seven slices of pizza. It could be seven, I don't know, plugs. Plugs? Yeah, just seven plugs. Okay. 
Just seven. Are we ready to move on to the next match? Because, uh... Yeah, probably. So, three-on-one handicap match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Whoever would get the pin on the champion would win the title. The champion, Braun Strowman, the monster among men, taking on Cesaro, the artist, and not the artist, well, the artist formerly known as Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't think anyone talks calls him that but i'm going to and sammy zayn <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> let's go <laughs> ah, ladies and gentlemen the happiest i've been with wwe main roster in the last i don't fucking even know how long was when the three count. I'm my microphone is currently sitting on the chair that I was sitting on watching this pay per view live as it happened. Should, should we should we pretend it's ha- should, should we improv? I'll be the commentators, you be the fan, and we'll act as if the pinfall is happening again, and then everyone can get an idea of what your reaction was. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and do the uh, go ahead and do the uh, the one, two, three, and uh, I will I okay. will do exactly what I did when Sami Zayn won. Oh, I'm not a commentator, and I'm talking to a commentator, but we'll see how it goes. Shinsuke and Cesaro, they look like they're going for a double suplex here. Picking up Braun and Sammy there with the Huluva kick as they bring him down for the suplex. Sammy Zayn into the cover. One, two, three. Oh Sammy my God, Sammy Zayn is the champion. champion. Oh my God. Oh my God. I stood up out of my chair, popped harder than I. My roommates looked at me like I was insane but in fact i was insane i was so incredibly happy i i tweeted about it i tagged Sami Zayn about it i'm a Sami Zayn guy and he's been on the main roster since late 26 mid 2016 he came in originally with that match with john cena where he was so excited he blew out his shoulder doing his entrance thing on the stairs and he had that incredible match. And then he's been on the main roster. He did a few things. Uh, and I've always said from day one, Sami Zayn needs to win the Intercontinental Championship. I think that him as Intercontinental Champion would be fantastic. Granted, I hate the design of the new title. I don't think that it's very good. Uh, I think it looks like garbage. But the fact that Sami Zayn is Intercontinental right. Champion, I mean, I jumped out of my I I there aren't enough words in the English language for me to properly convey how exactly I feel about this thing and the only thing I can really even say is <laughs> that's the only reaction I have is ska music ska music so getting, in, getting into the match before the brand new Scar revolution uh, completely consumes us all. It is just big guy Braun beating down people. Cesaro and Nakamura kind of get the one up on Braun. All the time, Sami Zayn is kind of making darting hits on Braun and running out of the ring. This match goes the exact right length that it should have, really, which is only about eight minutes or so. 
Uh, there is a couple of kind of, again, brutal hits. That's kind of what this show is going to be known for, if you remember it, especially after Braun runs into the post and Sammy distract, oh, Cesaro, sorry, distracts the referee, Sammy with the King Shasa onto Braun whilst he's done that thing where they re- they accidentally ran their shoulder into the, uh, turns to, uh, the uh, turnbuckle post. So his head hits the big LED boards that are now the posts for WWE rings. Then the double suplex with the Haluva kick combined for Sammy getting the full. I thought this was a bunch of fun. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. And Sammy Zayn is the IC champion, so what more could you want? He also has insane hair. Somebody, uh, okay, I'm going to turn this off again. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> not to pull a Chris Jericho or anything. Um, but uh, but uh, if you know, you know. Um, so... We've, we've, We've not stuck. We've not reached the point of playing Toto yet. <laughs> um, so when he when he comes up and he's holding the belt, somebody took a screen grab of that, and uh, somebody made a meme where it was just like, "It's so cool to see that Seth Rogen put the training in <laughs> and like became uh, a champion in professional <laughs> wrestling." And then now every time I see Sami Zayn, I just picture the fucking Seth Rogen laugh. The <laughs> <laughs> just super fit Seth. Uh, uh... Seth Rogen, yeah, and uh, Seth Rogen's in great shape lately too. But I would love to know. I would love to have like a backstage vignette where like Sami Zayn being Canadian and Seth Rogen being Canadian, you find out that they're like cousins or whatever. (laughs) Because it's funny because Rogen is Jewish and Zayn is um, Muslim, so it would be funny to have those little backstage vignettes of just like, why the fuck not? Why not? Why not? They're, they're both very liberal guys. We can make this happen. And uh, but no, this was this was a bunch of you know. I'm just gonna. It's just a bunch of stupid fun. Why not? And not everything has to be super serious, and we don't have to overthink everything. I know it's Braun, but he is against three people, two of which. And that in, finally in, makes sense. In character, I know. I know that Sami Zayn is a super incredible wrestler, but in character. Two of them are Cesaro, a big badass wrestling purist, and Shinsuke Nakamura, the king of strong style. And as Sami Zayn at the moment, despite being a super great wrestler, is the kind of half-manager runaway, hit-you-when-you're-not-looking-at-it guy. So this finally makes sense, and it's probably leading to more, given what the aftermatch stuff was with Braun saying he's going to get his hands on him and Sami posing in front of him. We'll see what happens Friday night on Fox for WWE SmackDown. Uh, but this was just bullshit fun. So I'm going to give it... You know what? Because you mentioned Seth Rogen, I'm going to give it Pineapple Express. It's just bullshit fun. The product, it's the product of baby fucking? Those are your words? The, the, no, in Pineapple Express, uh, J- James Franco's character says, you remember that Northern Light shit that I had? And then I had this other shit? Well, imagine they fucked... And then you remember this shit that I had and the other shit that I had? Well, imagine they fucked and then their babies met and they fucked. That's this Pineapple Express. And then Seth Rogen, after he takes a hit of the cross joint, he goes, so this is the product of baby fucking? Those were your words. No, those were Seth Rogen's (laughs) words. You really ruined my rating. But yes, okay, this match was the product of baby fucking. Those were your words. Um... (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 
very quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was hoping you were going to fall into that and end up saying it. Yeah. Um, so if I had to give this one a rating, it was just like anything that you order that has like melted cheese poured over it because I'm an American and my arteries are officially clogged for the rest of my life. Um, oh just my even, God. even walking is a, is a struggle. Um, uh, it's, this is the melted cheese that you pour on top of something that makes it even more delicious. Or, um, it's the ranch on your wings or the, uh, the macaroni and cheese as a side when you get your Popeye's chicken sandwich or just, I mean, anything that goes good with something else that's pretty good. And this show is pretty good overall. And uh, yeah, I'm so fucking happy for Sami Zayn. Hashtag I'm a Sami Zayn guy. Um, if you already haven't, please go and just tweet at Sami Zayn and congratulate this motherfucker. He's been wor- one of the hardest working people in wrestling for the last 15 years. And Kevin Owens has obviously caught on with people and he's had like an, an incredible career so far. But I think it's it's about time that we see some more out of Sami Zayn. I don't know why they haven't really been letting him wrestle. I don't know what the deal is with that. I know he was injured on and off. Yeah, because he had a because he had a shoulder injury for a long time, and then apparently, this is just apparently, but all the news sites were saying they were potentially holding off his actual in-ring return until after WrestleMania. But obviously, they've decided to bring that forward. But he was out with a shoulder injury for ages. Did he? T- well, that's why he became a manager, basically. Did he? Did he take many bumps during this match? I don't remember. He hardly did anything. He was just running away from Braun. So I don't and know. I, he, I don't know if he's still. But apparently he's been wrestling on house shows. But I've not seen that officially. But so maybe this is just part of a story. Yeah, maybe they're just they're sacrificing him working for the story. Yeah, maybe they're holding, maybe they're holding off the confrontation because they're hoping to get the heat because or maybe because they knew everyone was going to be super happy with the fact. Despite his character, he won. They were just willing to go this way and hold off the interactions. Well, remember, um, uh, also, it's incredible that he won in Philadelphia, where he had a lot of really in- intense moments in Ring of Honor as El Generico. Um, yeah. Maybe that's it, why they did it. Maybe they were holding it all off, um, but they someone had kind of got it past Vince or whoever was booking this show that this would be a big moment for Philly. I think that uh, the crowd the crowd went nuts when he also won. also the fact that he was able to pin Braun Strowman because remember back in 2016 when they were having oh. those matches if commentary had told me you know that that's what we should I only remembered because I heard it on a podcast that was that when was that when Mick Foley came down wearing like a, a suit on top and then like the dirtiest trackies or tracksuit trousers on bottom. <laughs> And he was yeah, about yeah, to yeah. Out. on that, like, um, if Sammy couldn't beat Braun in, like, 10 minutes or whatever. No, they, they had a few matches. There was the last man standing match um, that That's Sammy hard. was, like, pushing for. And I loved that story. I was hoping that Sammy Zayn was going to come out of that in some way enhanced. Obviously, that didn't fucking happen. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was in late 2016, maybe early 2017. Well, that and was the beginning. That was the beginning of, um, to be fair, that was the beginning of Braun's ascension, wasn't it? So, Sammy yeah, yeah, got exactly. wrapped up in that. So uh, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Um, but I And I still enjoy that to this day. Like, I actually may look that up on the network 
soon just to like watch some of that back because the promo that um, Mick has with Sammy where Mick is explaining to him like, dude, you're going to get hurt. I got hurt a lot and look where it got me. It was uh, when uh, Foley first came back as commissioner or general manager or whatever and he had those talks with Sammy Zayn and I, I, I couldn't be more happy. I couldn't be more over the moon for my boy. I fucking love him. And I'm so fucking happy that Sami Zayn is there. He's got the best theme song in WWE, to, in my opinion. And I mean, granted, I'm a ska music mark. If you list, if you went, if you go way back in our archives and listen to create a band, you'll, uh, you, you'll hear how much I talk about Streetlight Manifesto. Hey, can, can, can I get, can I get the name right? Real Big Fish. They are a ska band from the 90s. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've got that name wrong on like four podcasts now and you keep correcting me. And But you got it right this time and points, my friend, points. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I could go on all day about how happy I am with this because I know come Friday or next Friday or WrestleMania, this feeling will leave me. Uh, and I'm just, I'm living in the happiness at the moment. I'm trying not to get bogged down into that whole internet oh, we, we, thing we, 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 where... We, we, We'll get to that in the next. I'm segueing, motherfucker. <laughs> I was attempting to segue into the main event, um, but yeah, I will not get bogged down into that internet thing where people are going to say like, "Oh well, in a couple of weeks, this won't fucking matter, and all he'll have is that moment or whatever." And they, because they're a moments company, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about that. I enjoyed the moment. I'm still sort of living in the afterglow of it and uh this was not match of the night but this was moment of the night for me um fuck yeah like, like god damn it yeah god damn it yeah as we go into the main event for the evening jimmy do you want to do your michael buffer impression mm-hmm. go for it I, I took the wrong i took the wrong time to take a sip of my beer <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is your main event of the evening it is the Elimination Chamber match. The winner will go on to WrestleMania Pirate Ship to face the man, Becky Lynch, for the Raw Women's Championship. You and have if you thought it was going to be anybody other than uh, Shayna Baszler. You're dumb. Yes, that was also in their announcement. Uh, Asuka versus Liv Morgan versus Nat. Talia versus Ruby Wright versus Sarah Logan versus Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. That's a really good impression. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, again, as Jimmy has already said, said if you thought anyone else was going to win but Shayna Baszler, then first off, Jimmy, did you know that after Raw... The week before the limit, this match happened, Vince gave up on Shayna Baszler. <gasps> did he? he? He did, reportedly, because Dave Meltzer said it on his radio show. Papa Dave? Came fa- yeah, Papa Dave lied to us, Jimmy. Papa Dave said that Vince McMahon, because people chanted boring during her match with Kyrie Sane, um, that Vince has given up. On Shayna Baszler. So, like, hashtag plans changed? Yeah, hashtag plans changed. And that's why she uh, choked out 
five women in a row. Yeah. 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 You sound surprised. You sound you, you're you're well, okay. I know that surprised. I know I know that you have like like quite you would pre warn me that you have like some sort of like Kenny Omega in a death match level rant. To go on. <laughs> um. It's so, not that bad. <laughs> but, so uh, really, so really quickly, I just other than the fact that she stood around like a fucking moron for fucking five minutes of this oh, twenty minutes. That's match, not her fault. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, the thing that makes me the most mad about this match is how they wasted the interaction between Oscar and Shayna Baszler, where Oscar got choked out in ninety seconds. That's the only thing from this match that a but if I'm not nitpicking. And I'm not bitching and moaning like one of those fucking, as uh, Mauro Ronaldo likes to sweat, uh, say, a Twitter troglodyte. <laughs> then the only thing I can really take away from this that I really had a problem with was they should have just have Shayna run through literally everybody else as she did. And then the second Oscar comes in, despite not knowing which door opened, fucking moron, like. <laughs> The fact that the fact that the referee saw this woman staring at a door and decided to open the door behind her. What are you fucking stupid? Anyway, the second that door opened and she walked through it, we should have had 10 minutes with these two just going in on one another. Instead, in what, less than three minutes or so? I'm not sure when she got eliminated, but that she just gets choked out. And it's like over. And it's like, this is why people chanted boring during the Kyrie Sane and Shayna, ba- Shayna Baszler match. You're not using your talent the right way. You're just not using the vast majority of your talent the right way. And y- no wonder why people are chanting boring. The fact that they're selling out these buildings, 14,000 plus people sold out the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia Freedom in Philadelphia is insane to me after how much people complain. And there's your segue, sir. Go ahead. Talk about how you hate how people complain. <laughs> yeah. First of the, let's see the positive first. I like this match. I thought it was good. I thought the opening bit with Natalia Ruby, right. And then when Sarah Logan came in, I thought that was a really good first exchange between the three of them. Yeah, uh, especially sure, sure. especially Natalia and uh, Ruby Wright. I think Natalia did a promo earlier in the show that was terrible, uh, but we don't need to go into that now. But it, they had a really, oh, no, really hold good. On. They had a really when when so she good. said, "I think Beth will recover." What from a wrestler doing a wrestling yeah. move to her? Yeah, yeah that was anyway. weird. Um, I like the fact that Beth wasn't on NXT like two days after the that uh, yeah that makes sense but we don't need to go into that now they had a really good exchange i could have done without ruby riot said to Liv morgan oh this is going to be you later in the match that made sense to me but then natalia did the same thing and i was like wait why do you care about Liv morgan this much um but that I could. That's fine. Sarah Logan came out. They had a great exchange. They beat the shit out of each other for like 10, 12 minutes. Uh, out comes Shayna Baszler. That's where apparently the controversy began. Because these three women beat the shit out of each other for like 10, 12 minutes. 
but then Sarah, uh, Shayna Baszler coming in and picking up the pieces and just eliminating them all after they've done like superplexes to each other. Natalia did the sharpshooter on Ruby Wright for an extended period of time. Ruby Wright slammed Natalia into a pod at one point, but Shayna Baszler coming in and just beating, picking the bones and beating all three of them suddenly becomes a burial to a lot of people. Don't understand that. Why is that a burial? Like, no, Jimmy, see, do, you, do you get I, it? Why, why is it a burial? They've beaten the shit out of each other for like 10 minutes. Shayna Baszler's come out fresh as a daisy and picked the bones. But apparently, no. to a lot of people, it's a burial? No, I think that, okay, first of all, let's let's cover Natalia. Natalia's been around forever, and she's mediocre at best. Okay, so she's gone. Oh, that, okay. That's... Oh, that's harsh. She's no. What what do we mean? Do we mean mediocre as in character wise? Character, 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 promo and in ring. She's technically sound, but she's not dynamic. There's nothing about what she does that is dynamic. She wrestles like a trainer. She wrestles like a trainer, and it shows all the time. Then you have the three members of what used to be the Riot Squad. Well, uh, we we've not got to live Morgan yet, so just I'm I'm just going I'm just going through all the other competitors in because because Liv Morgan she like she John Wicked Liv Morgan <laughs> you've she, not seen John Wick um she Jason Bourne Liv Morgan have you seen yeah. Jason Bourne films yeah, I mean, seen, she, yeah, she Jason Bourne Liv Morgan no she did and it got a legitimate <laughs> holy shit chant yeah she, she banged she, her head off the fucking she, pod metaphorically shot Liv Morgan in the head <laughs> yeah yeah um. I, I liked the uh, Natalia elimination better than all the others, to be fair. Fuck, she um, killed her. She slammed a door in her face and then choked her the fuck out. Done. Okay. The cat dominatrix lady, done. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot just came back from injury. Okay, so you haven't had a chance to really do anything with her yet. So she's still sort of credible, and she that's not a burial. Sarah Logan has been around this entire time, but you wouldn't fucking know it because they don't use her. And Liv Morgan just came out of a thing with Lana where they may have fucking scissored or something once or twice, and Liv Morgan caught feelings, which is stupid and weird. Um who the fuck knows? Maybe she was jealous that she started getting mandingoed down by fucking uh, Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Who the <laughs> fuck knows? Not my place to know. All I know is that you did something really stupid with Liv Morgan, and then you expect the audience to care about her. What they did here was that they realized, oh, we sort of have a lackluster women's division, and we need to make uh, Shayna Baszler look really strong, so let's give her the fucking Brock Lesnar treatment and just let her fucking destroy everybody. Which I totally get. Shayna Baszler should have gone in there and choked everybody the fuck out until Asuka's pod opened. The second Asuka's pod opened, that crowd should have been ready. If they had done the her waiting around for Asuka once, it would have been fine. But they did it twice. And the audience in Philly was just over it at that point. They were like, well, we know Shayna is going to win. And then Asuka comes out, it doesn't get the reaction that it should have, and then she chokes her out and 
two minutes, 90 seconds, whatever the fuck it was. And then the match is over and bump it up, and the pay per view ends. Just to, to, is this not part of this is almost an indictment on the fact that, and this kind of gets into the Jacob bit of what I really want to talk about to end the show the fact that everyone wants to know everything before it happens. Everyone knew Shayna Baszler was going to win this match. And then everyone acted like it was a surprise that Shayna Baszler won the match. But everyone had been reading all these news sites and everything like that. They were like, Shayna Baszler is going to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Shayna Baszler is going to do this. Shayna Baszler is going to do that. And everyone was like, oh, it was so obvious that Shayna Baszler was going to win. You go, well, yeah, because you've done nothing but watch YouTube videos or read news sites about how Shayna Baszler is going to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. So then you've decided that's boring because you know it's going to happen. But then... What, why are you reading all these news sites and then acting surprised that you know what's going to happen? If I don't you think get it was what I so mean. Much, I don't think it was so. I do, get, I do, I do get what you're saying. I, I totally get what you're saying. But um, I think that it's less of we knew what was going to happen, so like everything else will now be boring. I think it's that we expect a multi-billion-dollar corporation whose main focus should be the sports entertainment like the thing that that is on the airwaves for 10 hours a week they should be focusing on that rather than i don't know the call with but then Um, but but then at the same time that multi-billion dollar company is built on the fact they deliver raw smackdown nxt every week but then if everyone knows what's coming what's going to be happening because of the sources to um well I, i'm not shitty but let's say dave Meltzer, for example he's the biggest one and he delivers all the insider source information before raw smackdown nxt happen and then everyone knows what's happening so then how for me my main point is what my main rant is it's, it's not a rant it's more just a discussion point everyone that I see on Twitter because I spend most of the time on the Rogue Opinions Twitter accounts where I see all the wrestling accounts argue that WWE don't build new stars. But then WWE are very clearly trying to build a new star in Shayna Baszler, but everyone knew, knew and knows it's coming. So everyone is acting like they're bored of it before it's happened. So why is the former MMA fighter who does have independent wrestling experience. She's not a performance center product. She was on the Indies before she went to the performance center. So you don't even have that argument to go with, which is like, Oh, she's just a performance center. product. she's not a performance center product. Um, she was on the Indies and then went to WWE. She's done her NXT time. She's put on killer matches in NXT um, but everyone's like, oh, no, we don't want her because she's boring. So how do they build new stars if, A, you know who's going to be the next star because you read on new sites and then you shit on it immediately before the story's even happened? We don't know what the Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler story is going to be. We know that she bitter for some reason. And we know that she won an Elimination Chamber match. And we know that they've been putting on some killer promos on Raw. And we know they did some killer promos at Survivor Series ages ago. But everyone is then like, she's boring. 
so I almost just I I don't care enough to sit down with these people who decide that they're bored of everything when it's happened because honestly I just think a lot of it is for attention seeking and a lot of it is for retweets and likes on Twitter but part of me is always like I'd like to sit in front of these people and just go what do you want like you don't want nostalgia acts in Goldberg you don't want new people in Shana so what do you want is kind of my main point is to some of these people what do you want? <laughs> like, I don't get it. What do these people, yeah. Jimmy? What do these people want? Like, stop okay. watching WWE. So but then they won't do that either. <laughs> so <laughs> what I equate this to is, um, do you remember the blowback that uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, got after it came out? That it's the worst fucking Star yeah, Wars movie yeah, since yeah. the prequels and blah 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 blah. This is this is a thing that happens in um, sci-fi fandoms and stuff like that all the time, where like you wait long enough for something, and then by the time it it starts happening, you've already formulated what you want it to be, and then if it isn't exactly what you want it to be, it's terrible. I don't think that this match was terrible. I think it was poorly executed, which is what most poor wrestling content boils down to is the execution and what they did with this one is that they drove the nail in a little too deep and it isn't flush with the board it's a little buried into the wood and now you have a divot in the floor okay so we know that Shayna Baszler is a killer for those people who never watched Shayna in, in NXT and don't know that the kind of killer that she is and stuff and even from Raw you don't exactly know what kind of thing, even though she did the whole like interview with a base vampire base base ire, I don't know. I'm trying to combine interview with a vampire and blade. She, Just say blade. Blade. The whole blade thing that she did on Raw a couple of weeks ago. Um, which was admittedly really weird. Like, what is that about? Um, but like if you don't know that Shayna Baszler is this killer and you need to introduce her to people, you can have her run through the people who are essentially cogs in the machine good hands if you will and do nothing but then you and i know i keep coming back to the same point but i feel like this is very important you have oscar oscar who's cursing Shayna baszler out in japanese the entire match to just get we get that Shayna baszler is a monster by the time oscar comes out i think um to counter quit, they have they have given themselves an out, which I think again is something that I'm not having to go. But uh, what people are, and I'm not having to go at you, is what I was about to say. Is a lot of people are putting to us that they have given themselves the wrist injury. She came in with a storyline, presumably. Like if it was bad enough, she wouldn't be in the ring. We know how strict they are on those things. They have given her a quote-unquote wrist injury that Shayna did exploit when Asuka was going for the Asuka lock multiple times. So they have given themselves an out storyline-wise, like with the Asuka story. So theoretically, storyline-wise, ignoring the the um, in real life aspect of the way they've put this, they have given themselves that match one-on-one theoretically because Asuka was storyline injured so I do kind of get it at the same time and because also this show was going kind of long for how long they want pay-per-views to be these days 
Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they want outside. WrestleMania is obviously going to be 97 hours long. But like um, other pay-per-views, they are generally sticking to about 3.30 to 4 hours at a push. Um, but I think they have given themselves the out with the Asuka wrist injury because they pulled her from Raw. I, I don't know if this injury is real or not. And then in this pay-per-view, they even had the backstage bit before the show, where they before the match, sorry, where they were like, Asuka's coming in and she has the strap on her wrist. So they've got that match in their back pocket, I think. I don't know what you think, but I think they do. I think I think uh, subbing out Asuka for Kyrie with uh, whether or not it was real injury is the smart decision because I feel like on the, the network special or the pay-per-view, whatever the fuck we're supposed to be calling them these days, I think that that confrontation is bigger when these two haven't touched at all. But... Because you know they what? never they never got a chance to face each other in NXT. So we've yeah. never seen this thing happen before. But the fact that Shayna, all she had to do was like like slap her on the wrist and twist her wrist a couple of times well, she and then did. choke her. That's what she um Yeah, but that that's what she did. She like wrapped the injured wrist round the ropes. She beat her up. Asuka did I think the fact that I think for me and this is just differing opinions. So I'm not a. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying this is from my opinion. I think the fact that Asuka got so many reversals, went for the Asuka lock, and nearly got it two or three times. For some reason, that's enough for me. Where I'm like, okay, Asuka fully fit in storyline, one on one with Shayna. I'm still all about it. Whereas I totally clearly, get whereas that. clearly yeah. you're, whereas clearly you're not. So there's just a maybe we're finding the fact that the match didn't work for so many people in the fact in that fact. The only fact I'm disagreeing with wholeheartedly is people saying like she buried the entire raw roster, and I'm like, no, she didn't. Well, <laughs> there's so- no there's no reason for me why Shayna Baszler can't come out fresh, pick the bones of a beaten up Sarah Logan, Ruby Wright, and Natalia. And I, yeah, I get it. I like Liv Morgan's new character. No, I don't think it's believable that Liv Morgan can contend with Shayna Baszler. So then, I, I'm sorry, I don't. I don't. No, no, that. no, no. That, that's 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 totally <laughs> right. But but um, so let let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Okay, yeah. I'm not agreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you. I do agree with you that it it makes sense. For the Shayna Baszler character, especially if you followed her from NXT. Um, but let's presume that Shayna Baszler wins at WrestleMania. Yeah. Who is who is now competent enough to face Shayna Baszler? Who's the Nobody. One, who's, no, no, no. Who's the one person that Shayna Baszler didn't face in that match? Kyrie Sane. Who has beaten her she in NXT. Destro- she, she destroyed Kyrie- her on Raw. She but destroyed Kyrie, her on Raw on Monday. You can still go back to that match. No, you can't. You she can't. destroyed her. She destroyed her on Raw. But Kyrie Sane has beaten Shayna Baszler one on one in the world of NXT. Yeah, but you can play. You can replay. For me, you can still play that. I think you can also do a fully fit Asuka. I also think you can because if we're saying that people, we're saying that you're saying that people don't remember NXT. No, Ky- I'm saying Kyrie... that WWE refuses to acknowledge NXT. 
Well, Bianca, so in the well, world Bianca, of Raw and SmackDown, Bianca Belair. There's Shana, been a slight Shana bit of cross pollination. Shayna Baszler has beaten Bianca Belair on NXT, but Bianca Belair was in well, certainly in Sam Roberts' eyes, because that was the pay per view where Sam Roberts shit on Bianca Belair. Um, Bianca Belair has got better till then. Kyrie saying, "Oh yeah, she's beaten." Uh, Shayna Baszler beat her on Raw hold pretty easily, but Kyrie Sane has also beaten Shayna Baszler, so you could ram that down people's throats to the point where they remember that. Uh, you could you could bring people over from SmackDown. I don't know who, to be honest. <laughs> like um, they still haven't explored uh, Deville's MMA background that she does legitimately have as well. You could maybe play that up, but that's. To be, they would probably just keep going with the Becky Lynch story after that, or maybe well, have rearranged. Becky's re- leaving to join the cult of the Monday Night Messiah soon. Well, um, well, Rhea Ripley beat Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Then you got Charlotte Flair v Shayna Baszler on Raw. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, where I was, that's always, to, to, to be honest, sorry to cut you off. That's always the problem you're going to have when you're ending giant stories. Is well, what's next? Um, you just got to tell. You just got to find those people and tell those stories. To be honest, it sounds well, stupid. Like obviously, like I'm sort of I'm sort of over Becky Lynch at this point because like now she's just Conor McGregor. Which okay, cool, good for you. We've seen this before from Conor McGregor. I don't really give a fuck. Um, but so Shayna's definitely going to win at WrestleMania, at least in my opinion. I think that that's like a foregone conclusion because uh, Seth and Becky are going off to get married. Uh, I think it's in May or June or something like that. So they're going to be gone after Mania. Oh, uh, are they? Oh, okay. Pr- yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like I didn't actually know that. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what you were on about when you said the Monday Night Messiah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, no, it just clicked. It just clicked to my head what you were talking about, and I was like, oh, is she joining the it's faction? Not, <laughs> it's not. It's not confirmed, but it's more than a rumor. Do you know what I mean? It shouldn't, it shouldn't be confirmed. To be honest, it's their thing. So if they do, no, that, yeah. That, fantastic well done um, not well done but congratulations to them and let them go do that but i think after wrestlemania to be to be honest one of my main points because i was like why do people want to know what happens jimmy who cares wrestlemania hasn't happened yet i don't care what happens after wrestlemania i think it's my main point i don't need to know what's happening after wrestlemania right now because we don't know what's happening at wrestlemania who gives a fuck? Why do we all want to know what's happening okay, after so WrestleMania then, before so then, WrestleMania happens? So then either way, though, either way, regardless of what happens at WrestleMania, I'm not looking to know what's happening after WrestleMania. I'm just saying that it, regardless of what happens at WrestleMania, what does Becky do after WrestleMania? What does Shayna do after who WrestleMania? Gives, who gives a shit? WrestleMania well, hasn't what, happened yet. What they did with... It's a TV show. It's a weekly TV show. Who gives a fuck? Obviously, we do. We do a fucking podcast about it. Like, we don't. We don't do a weekly news podcast. But like, we do a podcast um, about the product. So, um, what I'm saying to you is that how do you expect to take a division seriously when, like, because obviously the only person from the other five. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. One second. Hold on. One second. Okay. Okay. 
the only person other than Asuka out of those other five women that will probably be some sort of contender or some sort of like major star is probably Ruby Riot. So Ruby Riot not putting up much of a fight and getting dismantled is one thing that's fine. But then the Monday night after WrestleMania, who's going to walk out to challenge Shayna Baszler? Who's going to be out there next to challenge Shayna Baszler? I don't know if they're going to do another draft or something like that. But at the moment when this match ended, this match had uh, this pay-per-view had an end like the um, Humberto Correa and Andrade match. It just sort of ended up like on a roll up. Like it just sort of felt very flat to me. And I, I and I couldn't help but think about what's going to happen after Becky loses and goes away. Well, that's on the presumption that Becky is losing. Uh, there's no suggestion that that is happening. Maybe Becky wins somehow. Like maybe she cheats and turns heel. If apparently everyone's getting tired of her and quote unquote and everything like that. But the other thing is it, it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. We don't know what's going to happen at WrestleMania. There's so many things that could happen after WrestleMania. Everyone's like, oh, well, she's beaten everyone. She beat, as you just said, she beat Ruby Wright at Elimination, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, she, she choked her out, but she also came out after Ruby Wright had already been in there with Natalia and already been in there with Sarah Logan, already been suplexed off the top rope and, and sharpshooted by Natalia and kicked and punched and beaten the shit out of, I and think... then choked her out. So why does it then become a wee like, oh no, we can't expect Ruby Wright to beat Shayna Baszler in a one-on-one match because she beat her at Chamber. Well, no, she didn't yet. Yeah, she choked her out at Chamber. She didn't beat her one-on-one. She right. beat her after she'd been in there with two other people and beaten up and taken the sharpshooter and been suplexed off the ropes without Shayna being in there. So why is the one-on-one match suddenly so unrealistic? Basically because, unfortunately, if you think about it a little bit, this was the entire Raw women's division. I guess so, but Shayna... And I think that's the major problem. Shayna didn't... Shayna didn't in this match... She did... If you look at the record book... Uh, record books... Sorry, so I went all Canadian. And the record books... In and, the books? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah. about the books. <laughs> when you look at the books, eh? And, uh, yeah, it oh, will say Shayna... Really, I was thinking about Jonesy's mom the entire time. Sorry, I always go in the letter, Kenny. <laughs> she did tap out Natalia I don't I don't get why it's really with me I don't get why this is so tricky for people yes she beat Natalia Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot but she wasn't in there when they were in the ring the whole time she came in and picked the bones no and I get I totally a hundred a hundred ten percent agree with you she did it in a very realistic way like don't get me wrong she did it in an incredibly realistic way like she came in put her um 
that spinny move on them that is a I don't know what that is. I That's can't, like, it's a tribute to someone. I saw it on Shayna Baszler's Twitter. It's a tribute to some Japanese wrestler whose name I can't remember. So very apologies if you guys are screaming it. If you scream a little louder, I'll hear you. No, you're not screaming loud enough. It's a tribute to someone. So sorry about that. And then the knee to the head, then the choke. But they had beaten each other up so much. Right, and the, so, so what Italian, I was what I was just saying was that I was playing the devil's advocate of the other yeah. side because I because there is another side to this. I don't want it just to to be portrayed that like we're just going with like oh well fucking of course Shannon Baszler went out there and stuff. Like but, if like, I ask you if I without playing devil's without playing devil's advocate if I just ask you Jimmy a question if Shayna Baszler and Natalia had a 12 minute match right now and i told you that natalia got six minutes of offense in is that unrealistic kind of really i don't think natalia had a competitive match with ronda rousey on a paper yeah ronda rousey Rousey is a better cage is is to be honest and this is this isn't uh, wrestling. This is just legit. Ronda Rousey's a better cage fighter than Shayna Baszler ever was. She had more recognition. I don't know if the, she's a better cage no, fighter. She, she is. She's got a better record than Shayna Baszler. Oh, does she? No, she she has a better record than Shayna Baszler, and she's I, won, she's legitimately won, didn't know that. Legitimately didn't know. She's that. won titles that Shayna Baszler never won. She's main. Shane Ronda Rousey has won main events of UFC oh, pay per views. She, she totally changed the game for women in MMA. Yeah. Rousey. So, yeah, so yeah. you're saying that, but Natalia had a competitive WWE match with Ronda Rousey. I think the six minutes of sustained offense is a little weird, but if like, no, if, not, not sustained. I'm just saying out with a 12 minute match. If 50% of the offense is Natalia, it doesn't have to be sustained. Is that okay, then, yeah, then, yeah, then yeah, I would think that if they had a very back and forth match for 12 minutes, then yeah, absolutely, I would believe that. Then there you go. Natalia did that with Ronda Rousey, who does it? Ronda Rousey, she main evented UFC pay per views. Shayna Baszler never did that. I think, I think Shayna Baszler is the better wrestler, though. The better professional. She's the, wrestler. she's the better. I, She's the better quote unquote sports entertainer because she's done it for longer. Because I say she has that indie experience that Ronda Rousey never had. Ronda Rousey went from nothing to no NXT to WrestleMania, whereas Shayna Baszler went from indies to NXT. Do you think she did the indies for a year? Or something like that, then NXT and now WWE, which apparently. she did a series of promos in NXT where she explained how this happens. Uh, you're not allowed to start training for professional wrestling in the camp that she was in until you get to a black belt in amateur wrestling, judo, uh, BJJ, and like a couple other disciplines. And oh, then, yeah. then they let you start doing professional wrestling. Then you go to the indies. Then you go to NXT then you go so she had more of like the journeyman she's 38 years old shana baser could kill you oh 110 percent like she could 110 percent she could kill you and your soul would know you're dead before your body does 
No, my body would immediately just shut down and shit itself. The second, if I were sitting here talking about Shayna Baszler and my door kicked open right now and Shayna Baszler was like, heard you was talking shit. I would shit my pants and then my heart would explode and then she would choke me to death. So, um, but yeah, to bring it back to what I actually wanted to discuss with you, I didn't want to rant, which is what we've been hinting at on the podcast. It's not a rant, it's, it's a discussion. A lot of the Twitter discussion that I'm going to engage in is the argument that WWE doesn't create new stars. That's the quote. You've seen that quote everywhere? Of course, of course. On this show, we've got, would you say WWE potentially created a new star in Drew Gulak? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They gave him a competitive match with a former five-time world champion. Yeah. Would you say WWE already has potential? Already has stars in the street profits? Uh, yeah, I think. Well, the street profits were always gonna do just as well, if not better, on the main roster than they ever did in NXT. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they created yeah. multiple stars for sure. But we get to the main event star that they want to create in Shayna Baszler. And a lot of the internet fans have decided no. Have decided they the don't internet want is fickle. The internet yeah. is annoying. The w- these are the WWE. F- these are a lot of the fans that say they don't. WWE doesn't create new stars, despite when WWE tried to get Lacey Evans over. And this isn't the very jokey thing. Is that I love Lacey Evans. I do enjoy Lacey Evans, but I understand that she wasn't ready when she got pushed. So she got rejected when they tried to do Becky Lynch v. Charlotte again. It got rejected. Now they're trying to do uh, Becky v. Uh, Shayna Baszler again. It's getting rejected. And you kind of reach a point where you keep ticking off the opponents Becky Lynch has had in this year. And everything like that, and it's just. Did you been... see that fucking jacket? Yeah, but you just reach a point where you're going, okay, so everyone, everyone is a no. Well, no. What I'm saying is that that jacket that she wore that had like the emblems of all the people she's beat yeah. already, so fucking cool. It just reminded me of WMAC Masters yeah. from back in the day. Like, I, I, I get what you're saying, Nathan. I, I totally understand what you're saying. They created a bunch of stars, but the internet is never going to be happy. Uh, no. I saw I saw a tweet like that was supposed to be meant satirically um, about like, well, you wanted Seth to beat Brock and then he did twice and then you turned on him and then, you know, you wanted Becky to win yeah. at WrestleMania and then she did and then you turned on that. And it's like, well, that's kind of the majority of wrestling fans right now. It's like we get what we want and then we're bored of it and now we want something new. So it's always the idea of having the new toy, the new like fun thing to watch happen and in six months guaranteed Shane LeBay Shane is going to be getting that fucking go away heat instead of the we hate you because you're a bad guy heat and that's well, unfortunate think, but that's how it goes well I think that there was a tweet that I retweeted from the rogue opinions account from at the bond abides that said did Becky fans approve of any of her opponents besides Sasha um, Flair, nope. Ronda, nope. Alexa, nope. Lacey, nope. Natty, nope. Shayna, nope. Asuka, nope. Someone new, nope. 
and that's very true and it kind of like and the trouble is that eventually doesn't hurt the opponents it actually hurts becky is that we've reached a point where everyone's like oh we're now a lot of the people are like oh we're kind of done with becky lynch you're like no you're not I don't think you're done with Becky Lynch. I think it's the fact that you've decided all her opponents don't deserve to be there. So you're now bored of Becky Lynch. Do you get what I mean? No, I get what you mean. And I think that it's just that um, it's more of like that. I'm not because I did say that, like, I'm just sort of like non bothered by Becky Lynch. But I think that like the addition of the whole moving people from NXT to the main roster has now given us that like subconscious sort of like, Oh, well she's too big for the main roster. So she's got to go up, but there isn't anywhere to go further up. You know, you you know what I'm saying? Like that just occurred to me as you were talking just then was that like, we're ready for Becky Lynch to go up, but there isn't an up. She's but hit they, the top of the mountain yeah. in WWE, and now there's nowhere else for her to go. Even though there is more for that character to do, we are done with her on the level at which she is on now. Yeah. And I think that has to do with the division as a whole. Um, when you have a division of women who are still – some of them are just not very good in the ring. Um, and you have a lot of people who – like if you're looking at the division and you have – Becky is going to drop the title probably to Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler then has no credible opponents other than maybe Kyrie and or Asuka. You can't put her in there with really anybody else. Oh, and Ruby Riot. You can't really put her in there with Lana and then expect Lana to fucking dance her way to a fucking Raw women's title match. I think he, the tr- the trouble is as well is that, and we're really going to get into the weeds here, so uh, do we want to rate the match at this point? Yeah, let's just rate the match and work our way out, and then we'll talk more about the uh, the the dichotomy of, like, because I think that that's more of a, that's something that we should take really take some time and look at, is the fact yeah. that they've conditioned their fans to believe that there is another step once somebody gets to a certain level. Yeah, and to be honest, I um, and the interesting thing, and this is maybe time for another podcast because we're going to run out of time here, but uh, that's something that I slightly disagree with, so that's quite an interesting discussion for us to jump on and do uh, another time just together. So Maybe uh, we'll have to do the another grappliest updates of the grapples. Yeah, uh, the grappliest of grapple updates coming soon. So I'm going to give this just Mike Tyson in his prime, um, the most dominant of dominant wins for Shayna Baszler, who I love. So that's it. Just the most dominant of dominant wins, the prime Mike Tyson for this match. I thought it was really good. I like the fact that Shayna Baszler looks like a monster going up against Becky Lynch. And... I think it gives Becky Lynch a different dynamic of having to go up against someone that is so incredibly dominant in their wins and it will make for a great WrestleMania match. And I think that the the most important thing here is is placement on the WrestleMania card. If it goes on super early, you know that Baszler is going to come out and destroy her. If it goes on a little later, you know that it'll be competitive and it goes on if it goes on in the main event, which it fucking won't. But if it goes on in the main event, then you know that it's up in the air. Um, But if I had to rate it, I'm going to give it – 
a uh, 2 a.m. drunken sort of expedition to White Castles or Tesco or whatever the fuck you guys have over there that's comparable. Uh, a place where you can go and it's going to hit the spot. You know you're going to hate yourself in the morning, but it's hitting the spot and it's doing what it needs to do at the moment so you don't end up, you know, fucking shitting your brains out the next morning. <laughs> Tesco's is a supermarket, just so you know. Cool. I thought it was. A, I thought it, <laughs> it's. It sounds like a gas station to me. To be honest, with you. I thought it was a gas station supermarket, like a, a convenience store. It's just a supermarket, but uh, but that's good. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll discuss this. I think maybe on a different podcast. I think there's a lot more chat to be had here before WrestleMania. So we'll do. I think Jimmy, if as long as you're happy, we'll do another grappliest of grapple updates. Absolutely, yeah. Before before WrestleMania, and maybe we'll do our WrestleMania predictions on them because you know what, Scott and Paul. Let me tell you something, Scott and Paul. You think you're going to beat me and Jimmy? We got all the predictions because we got all of wrestling Twitter on our side. We know millions of predictions. Millions of predictions. We know the predictions. We know what's going to happen before they even announced the show. We knew who was going to win the WrestleMania match, main event this year, match, whatever it is, before they even announced there was going to be a WrestleMania this year. And they're always announcing there's going to be a WrestleMania. So that's how smart we are. Jimmy, don't you agree? Oh, let me tell you something, Nathan. Let me tell you something so absolutely freaking phenomenal. Is that Scott and Paul, let me tell you that when you think that you're going to have any chance to do anything against the real A-team, the A-plus team, which is who who we are. What you got to think back to is you got to think back to Survivor Series when you thought you had it in the bag because what you have in the bag is my nuts. My nuts are in your bag. You know why? Because that's all you're going to have. You're going to have a nice tea bag. You're going to sit down and I'm going to steep my nuts in your tea because that's all you're going to be drinking is the sweet, sweet taste of defeat. And me and Nathan, we're going to sit here and we're going to be able to stand atop that mountain, stand atop and let the people know, let the people say that the A-team is pretty great. And the A-team is over here on Rogue Opinions. Bong, 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 bong. World star. World star, baby. World star, baby. World star, baby. Hold on. Hold on one second. Oh, and when he says that, brother, you go over to SMP Rambling on Twitter or whatever your Twitter handle is. We've already beaten you. So that's... <laughs> that's it, brother. Yeah. So, yeah, we accept your challenge, you piece of shit. Over there up in Glasgow. We don't give a shit about you. We're gonna beat you. We you know what, Jimmy? We're just gonna make our uh, we're just gonna make our opinions off the cuff. Like six hours like not six hours before the show begins because we need to advertise it, but like a day before, day before. Like a day, day before, brother, brother. We don't give a fuck. We're just gonna do them. We're just gonna throw some coins onto some pages because that's how easy it is to beat you. We're gonna go to a fucking psychic and they're gonna tell us who wins. We're gonna go to a county fair 
and they're going to tell us who wins these matches because you're that easy to beat. Yeah, boy! Yeah. When you go with Frasier, it's only a fucking 20-year-old show. Scott wasn't even fucking born when that show came out, and he pretends that it's the best thing he's ever fucking watched. What a piece of shit. Also, Jimmy, can we all agree? Can we both agree Kelsey Grammer can fuck off? Yeah. He can, you know, fuck he, right, he, can, he can fuck right off like he fucked off that stage that one time during that thing where he fell through the stage because he's a fat piece of shit. You know what? He's also a giant Republican, Scott. What do you think about that? Oh, shit. Make oh. Scotland great again. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, Am yeah, I yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I yeah, right? Go make Glasgow great again. I, if uh, if there's anybody left listening to this at this point, I apologize. Um, yeah. But Go, uh, uh, you know who I don't apologize to? Scott and Paul's rumbling douchebags. Yeah, go <laughs> ramble about some shit sitcoms. Let me tell you, I've been sitting with Pazuzu, and I've been sitting with all the people, and I've been sitting with the children. And you know what the children say? You know what the children say? I'm not the children with this. <laughs> the children, they say that Scott and Paul's rambling podcast ain't nothing but bunch of bitches and we're over here and we're the a-team and we're gonna be here doing the do wrestlemania will be coming home it's coming home nathan it's coming home yeah so me and jimmy will be facing scott and paul's rambling podcast at wrestlemania in the predictions contest the losers will be doing a horrible punishment that will be discussed and revealed at a later time time but thank you very much for listening to our review of elimination chamber 2020 uh it was good we got into the weeds a bit about some things that weren't necessarily to do with the chamber so hopefully you enjoyed that let us know at rogue underscore opinions you can find me at nathan greeno you can find my voice very very briefly on another podcast done by michael truly which is night drive so go give that listen to jimmy what have you got going on and where can people find you uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Riot. That's M R R I zero T. And uh, you can go over to at Wrestling Magic. That's at Wrestling Magic on Twitter and find the uh, Pro Wrestling Magic Facebook page and YouTube page as well because I host a weekly YouTube wrestling show from within the walls of the Pro Wrestling Magic Kingdom every single week. We are currently building to our next live show, and if you are in the New York and New Jersey area, there's no reason you shouldn't come to Cheers, a place where everyone knows your name. That's right. We're going to have the Ace Romero Open Challenge, our Pro Wrestling Magic World title. Uh, Eli Everfly will be in the building. So much going on. Um, As always, go find us over on YouTube.com slash Pro Wrestling Magic. Watch Monday Morning Magic free match Friday, all the things, bunch of stuff coming out and always come back here and listen to me rant and rave and be drunk. That's what we do. <laughs> exactly. So again, you can find the brand at Rogue on Scorpion. And do go listen to Scott and Paul's rambling 
podcast at SP Rambling. They'll be facing us at WrestleMania. But hopefully you enjoyed this. Again, let us know and check back through the archives. We've got plenty going on. The Bantam Unit podcast talking about football or soccer for you Americans. You've got The Year Is with myself. That's up now with Rahul. And uh, hopefully there'll be a few more coming. But otherwise, thank you very much, guys, for listening. Speak to you again soon. Bye now. We'll be right back.